Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. It's always that one time you need a defense attorney and you just don't know who to call, right? Well, I'm telling you, Manny Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm, he's the best in the business when it comes to a defense attorney. And he's a former prosecutor, so he knows the other side of the courtroom. Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide, has handled litigation in over 19 different states. If you need Manny, theauroralawfirm.com, theauroralawfirm.com. He stops by the show twice a month. Got any questions? Leave it on our hotline, 404-369-3825, or on our social media off podcastthebs.com. How would you like your monthly mortgage payment taken care of for all of 2023? Well, after Stockton Mortgage's Dave Flashner's tip of the day, you'll find out. When getting a mortgage, make sure you pick the right team. I've had numerous people come to me after online lenders don't do what they promise. When you close your home loan purchase or refinance with Stockton Mortgage, you'll be automatically entered into a mortgage-free sweepstakes. One prize winner will be chosen to have Stockton Mortgage cover their monthly mortgage payment up to $2,500 per month in 2023. A home loan or refinance might be one of the most important transactions you'll ever make in your life. Go with someone that's reliable, knowledgeable, trustworthy, and always on call. Dave Flashner, Stockton Mortgage, 561-951-0984. That's 561-951-0984. Stockton.com slash Dave dash Flashner. Everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs an ear, and that's why Dr. David Markwell and Ridgeline Counseling are the best at what they do. Ten different therapists who work with Dr. David Markwell at Ridgeline Counseling. If you're in the Georgia area, East Cobb, Marietta, near the Square in McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. And they assist with a wide variety of behavioral health issues like anxiety, depression, relationship issues, parenting issues, trauma, substance use issues, etc., offering virtual sessions if you can't get to the georgia stops the website markwelltherapy.com again markwelltherapy.com it's time ladies and gentlemen after all these years in the radio business jason bailey is finally unfiltered i don't know what you want with his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. <laughs> Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. <laughs> and by God, this is the BS. Damn right it is. Episode 71 of the BS. Thanks for being here. My name is Jason Bailey in the Golden Scissors Studios. Beautiful Roswell, Georgia, all sponsored by Stockton Mortgage. Stockton Mortgage! Dave the Flash Flashner, 561-951-0984. Stockton.com slash Dave-Flashner. Remember, when you close your home loan purchase or refinance with Stockton, mortgage will automatically be entered into a mortgage-free sweepstakes. That means one prize winner will be chosen to have Stockton Mortgage! Stockton Mortgage! Cover their monthly mortgage payment up to $2,500 per month in 2023. Nader Tater Vader in Mexico. Hello. Hola. Hola. How you guys doing? Good. I shouldn't be saying this right now, but I just thought of it. And you can either cut it out or what. But if I don't say it now, I'll forget it. I've been meaning to ask you this. Can you go through 
all my shit on the GoDaddy, and uh, I've like canceled and let go some stuff because we have a different server, and I don't need a lot of the stuff that I was getting ridiculously charged for. Just make sure I'm not fucking anything up. Can you do that for me, please? Because I don't understand these words. I don't understand Linux and this and this and that. I don't know what I need. Um, but I, I got rid of a lot of it because I do that other thing, that cloud thing. Can you can you help me out there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't think you have anything on there or that's being renewed, do you? Well, well I, the reason I say this because I'm looking at an email right now. It said... Um, that one of my URLs, because I own a bunch of these URLs for whatever reason, but one of them has is gone, that expired, and I don't have it anymore. That was the Rock Morning Show. Remember, I bought the Rock Morning Show, and I kind of want to keep that because it's a good URL, and I don't want anybody else to have it. And <laughs> I don't know why. I just I want to keep it for twenty dollars a year. I want to keep it or a month or whatever it is a year. I want to keep it. So. If you could help me. Yeah, well, you can message them and get it back, I think, if it's if it hasn't been too long. Oh, well, let's do that, please. Brandon Thrasher, that beautiful, beautiful, hairy, dirty face in the Zelensky Studios in Noonan, Georgia. Hello, Brandon. Hey, hello. How's it going? So I've got some bad news. Oh, no. <laughs> for somebody on the show. Jill's not with us today. She's still with us. She's still alive. She's still our social media correspondent. Jeez. <laughs> Rest in peace, Jill. Those, those didn't go together. The I've got some bad news and the Jill thing, but Brandon, I have some bad news for you. Oh no. Yeah. Um, what happened? Well, it's not, my page isn't responsive. I'm going to have to look it up on my phone. That's his bad news. So his, <laughs> his computer's not being responsive and Brandon, you're just going to have to wait. That's even worse news. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, uh, that during the podcasts, you have a tendency to put your lips around that plastic dick, you know, your, your this vaporizer. Your, yeah. Uh-huh. You can no longer do that after today. What? Yes. Why? Because the FDA has banned jewel e-cigarette products. That's what that is. Thank God. This isn't a jewel. Well, I think it means just anything like it, right? No, I think this is a views. This is a, this is to get people off smoking. That's what it is. Well, there's no difference. Well, Jules a little different. Jules got a lot more nicotine. Oh, well, I, I, I'm I'm under the impression that they're they're going to ban them all. Uh, I don't know. Maybe why can be a- why can they just ban Jewel, not the singer? <laughs> but I think it has something to do. Maybe it was like marketing to kids, and it's got a lot of nicotine in there. There is insufficient evidence to assess the potential toxicology risks. Um, today's- I thought they banned these things like years ago. Like, so wasn't it like a, like five years ago and they were blowing up in people's faces? Didn't, they, didn't Trump ban them all then? What happened? I don't, know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to. I know they got rid of the, the mango jewel pods and the mint. Because there were like three different flavors you get for Jewel Pods, and apparently that was like enticing to kids. So now they just have regular menthol and tobacco, I think. That and that's was, all these are also. That was under the Trump administration, wasn't it? They were just like, hey, fuck you, you vape fuckers. It's done. <laughs> I thought it was funny as shit. <laughs> and by the way, menthol's done too. Anything with flavors for kids, get the fucking shit out of it. <laughs> like, yeah, they always say there's like the flavors and the kids thing is like, 
Um, I'm sorry. I'm an adult and I fucking love mango. Oh, why does, why does it have to be aimed at kids? <laughs> uh, let's see. The action is further progress on the FDA's commitment to ensuring that all e-cigarette and electronic nicotine delivery system products currently being marketed to consumers meet the public health standards. I don't know why, like, and this is coming from a dipper. Actually, I've got one in my mouth right now. Like, they eventually want to ban all tobacco products. And, you know, okay. I mean, I don't think there's anywhere in the Constitution that says we have the right to, even though this country kind of was founded on tobacco crop uh, growers and whatnot. But, you know, we find out it's bad for us. It's bad for the health care system. There's a lot of people that die of lung cancer, lung disease, and, and mouth cancer and all that other stuff. And it's it's unneeded uh, medical risks because we're, we, me included, are too stupid not to do it. Um, so they're going to ban it, right? Uh, that's government stepping into your life, which then that brings up that argument, that conversation. But what they're doing with tobacco products is they're making them so they're financially almost out of reach for the tobacco user to consume. If you go to places like Chicago, I think even Florida, uh, cigarettes are like $8 a box, you know? And if you go through a pack a day, you know, that's $56 a week. You know, that's, that's over 300, almost $400 a month just on cigarettes. The price of chewing tobacco dip skull just went up again. Another I think like 25 cents or something. It used to be uh, get five cans for 25 bucks or maybe it's only, yeah, it's like 20 some cents, but every like year it goes up 20 cents. I can remember when I was going to school at Wingate, North Carolina, 93, 94, 95, uh, I could get 10 cans of dip for 10 bucks. I get, uh, and they came in a, uh, a 10 can log. And I'd go up to the gas station, which the gas was 89 cents a gallon. And this was in 93, which to me doesn't seem that long ago, but I guess it is. And dip, and dip was way cheap, you know. But again, North Carolina, it's going to be different. Georgia, it's going to be different. Even the $5.04 that I'm now paying for a can of dip in Georgia is nothing than what it's probably like in Chicago or New York if you're a dip up th- dipper up there. It's probably 9 bucks a can. That's you financially. That's ridiculous. So they're trying to ban it by chokeholding the consumer. So then you go, okay, maybe you should help these people out because it is a chemical addiction. Maybe you should offer them some some kind of help to, you know, instead of going cold turkey. Because then for a lot of these people, you're going to have an obesity problem. You know, one addiction leads to another. Blah blah blah. So, um, you know, anyway. But I thought that was you. So I guess you can continue to. What did you view? It's a view. Views. V-U-S-E. Of course. Yeah. So you can continue to views. Just don't, views. Just don't jewel, but you can views. Right? Don't abuse the views. Okay. You can do that. That's, that's, that's fine. I've got no problem with it. Just as long as it's not illegal. Can't do illegal stuff. Like, even though, well, it's, it's marijuana's not legal in, um, in, uh, Mexico. No, in Mexico. <laughs> uh, it, it's like a gray area. Um, not technically. Oh, technically it is, but you're still going to get arrested for it. No, it's either it's either illegal or it's not illegal. No, it actually isn't because the law that, that said it's illegal, the Supreme Court of Mexico struck it down, <clears throat> excuse me, struck it down saying that that law was unconstitutional, but there is no law saying that marijuana is legal. They haven't passed anything like that yet. So it's in this weird limbo where 
technically it's not legal, but it, or technically it is legal because there's no law against it, but there's no law saying that it's okay. Okay. So you are correct. It is a gray area. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. So, and, but the thing is, is if you said that law to, or the, the Supreme court thing to some cop that's trying to arrest you for having a joint, he doesn't give a fuck. He's going to arrest you anyway. <laughs> you know, he's like that. That's the, the difference in, in power here is like, I guess, you know, they'll, they're like, okay, or you can give me 50 bucks and I won't, I won't take you to jail. They'll just use it as leverage. Probably. Can you imagine living during the prohibition days? I was watching something on TV the other day, you know, like they banned alcohol and then people were sneaking the alcohol, but the people that even banned the alcohol were meeting in these back rooms, you know, cause the hypocrisy in, in our country has always run rampant having drinks from people that are having these secret distilleries, even though during the day they get up there and talk about how they're so pro prohibition. <laughs> it's just like yeah. the goofiest thing in the world. <laughs> silly. Yeah. It's, real yeah silly. Totally silly. You guys see uh, all the radio cuts, uh, the big companies cutting radio jobs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't see any specific people, but I, I saw that, that they were doing that again. It's it, that time of year. Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> it, it, it makes it, it actually upsets my stomach when I see it and I start yeah. seeing the names and some people that I know, um, you know, and then you see kind of their, their role within the companies. There was a guy that had worked for this company for 22 years, 22 years guy worked for the company for 22 years and he had a major role, major position, you know, I mean, way high up in the company, still on a local level, but very high up, but 22 years he worked for this company and they let him go. Now there's going to be different circumstances. They might have gone to him and given him a nice golden parachute or something like just said, Hey, look, you know, it's time to move on. We'll, we'll get something. I mean, there's some kind of backdoor deal possibly, but radio uh, always does this. They, they, they just, they get rid of, you know, I, I've known many people that should still be behind a microphone to this day, but the business got them and they're not, they're doing something else and successfully doing something else, but they would have contributed to the industry, which I still love. And I always will love so much. Uh, I can never give it up. I'm going to be doing this until, you know, as long as I'm alive, I, I need to have a microphone in front of me just because I love storytelling. I love talking to an audience. It's not about me. It's about conveying emotions and feelings and, and storytelling and, and talking about things and camaraderie and all that kind of stuff. That's what I love about it. But once they take that away from you, especially if it's forever, it's so bad. It's so detrimental. And, Radio doesn't realize that the industry belongs to the people. It's become so corporate and so greedy and money-driven and deadline-driven that they forget that all radio radio is is one big customer service center where every person that's in the business, mainly the talent behind the microphone or producing the talent behind the microphone – are super serving the audience. When you take the talent away from the super serving of the audience, you have shit. And they don't care about that. And it drives me insane. I've been watching the radio industry eat itself from the inside out for years. And, you know, you read this stuff, Nate, from the the people that we know or, or that write the columns every week, the consultants, the coaches, they've been in the business for 50, 60 years. 
they all seen the same shit and they've got statistics to back it up. They do their own research of what is wrong, what you're doing wrong. They never fucking listen to these guys. Never. Yeah. No, not at all. And yeah, it's, it's sad to, to see people that are good at what they do go into something else just because they, you know, they, they don't want to listen to the numbers or whatever it is, or they have their own personal opinions. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's weird for an industry to say that it's, um, was it like personality radio is, is what is first and, you know, content is king, all that. And then they lay off the people that literally do that. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And I know a lot of you are probably going, you guys are talking about yourself. No, no, no. Just in general, it's a blanket statement. I mean, the past yeah. is the past with us. It's, it's come and gone. Um, but I was having this conversation with a, an old school radio guy the other day that is very active in the business. Um, doesn't work for a company or anything like that, but everybody knows this, this individual and, and, they were talking about my past situation or our past situation and, 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 and the things that they've done wrong, especially moving forward. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I, that's not the point. The point is, is, is the, in the entire industry, you know, I mean, the, there's only so many places, there's only so many jobs to go around. And, you know, we saw this in the early two thousands, uh, definitely after 9-11 when voice tracking became very prominent in the business. Voice tracking, for those that don't know, it's, it, it is the business for the most part now, is people have the capability of recording their, a show. They only get paid for an hour, but they'll record a four, five, six-hour show because it only takes 45 minutes tops if you know what you're doing. And they track it, and then they pretend to be in the market that you're listening to. Now, I don't necessarily have a problem with the concept because the concept is the evolution of the business from a technological standpoint. I get that. But when you take the jobs of people that are talented that should be in that position, that's when I have a problem. They just do this blanket, oh, this person's going to work for $20,000 a year. Yeah, believe it or not, $20,000 a year. And they're going to voice track 10 different markets all top 10 markets, everywhere from New York, L.A., Chicago, uh, Dallas, uh, down to Atlanta, to Boston, right? They're going to be in top markets. And you know what the perk is? We're going to fly in for the big concerts, and we're going to give you bonuses if you bonus. That's, 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 that's the perk. But then you have this guy that's been in the market for 20, 30 years that knows the market, that knows Bill's Deli down the street and in the past and the history and goes there every day and runs into the people. You know, there's something to be said about that. And I know, because somebody can hold my feet to the fire in this, I have said in the past, you don't necessarily have to be live and local to be local and live. And it sounds contradictory, but it's not. Um, my point is, is the talent is being pushed out. They're They're employing a lot of people that are yes people that work for less and don't know the first thing about an audience or a show or storytelling. It's, it's the, if you get into radio for the money, if you get in the radio for the quote unquote fame, then you're in the business, you're in the, you're in the business for the wrong reasons. You get in the radio business to storytell. You get in the radio business because you have a rebellious side to you. You get in the radio business because you want to super serve an audience, a mass audience, and you want them to listen to you and the stories that you're able to tell. And bonus, if you can help a person out on a daily basis by what you do, then you've won. And that's the biggest compliment 
for radio people, but a lot of radio people don't realize that. When you have somebody that reaches out to you and says, mm, like I got a, a, a message from somebody the other day that said that they've been going through the hardest time in the world. I mean, really, without going into details, they've been, go, they've been going through the, the, the hardest thing that they've ever had to go through uh, to the point where they don't know if they even want to stay on this earth, right? And they told me that because we continued to broadcast in the podcast form that they've been able to get through every day. This is a, not a bullshit story. This is a very serious, real story. Do you understand what that means to me? That means the world to me. Money's not the, the, the end-all, be-all. It's to be able to, to serve your, your, your fellow mankind. And if you can do that by doing this, which I enjoy, which I love, you know, which is easy for me, then, dude, life doesn't get much better than that. But there's too many people in the business that don't understand that's what it's all about. You know, they don't understand it's not about them. Uh, and that includes the higher-ups, the people that run these companies. You know, radio is a business more now than it ever has been. And I understand that, and I get the business side of things. But radio has always had that anti-establishment feel. And once you get away from that, you get away from, in my opinion, the core values of what a radio personality is, is, is to be rebellious, is to fight against the man, is to, if you're in a town and you have a sports team that made a bonehead move or you have a, a politician locally that did a bonehead move, you get on the radio and call that shit out and, and you, you, you put them to task. But if you do now you get a phone call, you get hotlined, you get an email, you get a text. Shh. We don't want to upset that. Let's focus on some other stuff. Let's be positive. Let's, let's talk about the new machine gun Kelly song. You know, that's the shit that they do now because everybody's so afraid. You've got a bunch of pussies in the business. A bunch of nerdy pussies, guys that were fucking their Dungeon and Dragon dolls, always wanting to be the cool kids in class, but never could hack it. And they finally get into a position to call the shots. They're taking it out on the guys that were beating them up. Mom always told me it was going to happen, you know, and that's what you have. And it sucks, you know, and I'm not, this isn't just my opinion. This is the opinion, you know, so. So I'm not recreate. I'm not recreate. I'm not recreating the wheel by by saying what I just said. You know. Yeah. Well, and I don't even like. I mean, obviously, part of it is the the management stuff acting like that. But part of it also is just how society is now. Instead of working things out, we sue people at the drop of a hat. So these people aren't even like pushing that because that's how they maybe they feel or they're they're nerdy pussies. But I think if it's it's more they're worried about losing their jobs and. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably be in the same boat. I'm, I'd rather not lose my job than for somebody else being, you know, rebellious. So I, I kind of get it, but it, it's just, I think it's just our world. You remember talking to Brandon, be like, Brandon, what happened to that chick the other night? Oh, dude, I slept with her. How was she? She was good. She had a nerdy pussy. <laughs> yeah. What, what is that? <laughs> what is a nerdy pussy? <laughs> is it wearing glasses? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what would be a nerdy, a nerdy girl pussy or a nerdy guy pussy? I don't know what it means. I just said it. And I'm like, it's just funny to say. <laughs> it's just a funny term. Yeah, she has a thong on, a crotchless thong that looks like suspenders. <laughs> That's a nerdy pussy. <laughs> We're silly. We're stupid. You know, and truth be told, uh, I, when I first started this thing, 
Uh, and that's, you know, goes along with the hashtag better than radio. You know, I thought about going balls to the wall, 100% all in. I'm going to be the anti-establishment, blah, 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 blah. But I've held back um, and on purpose because of the game. You know, because one, I wouldn't truly 100% mean it. It would be a lot of gimmick behind it. Because I do love the industry. I love, I love a lot of things about the industry. I hate a lot of things about the industry. Don't get me wrong. But if I, if I were to go, but it's not being done. You know, the podcast, there's nobody in the podcast world that I know of that's taken the anti-establishment approach. Um, and not just based off of gimmick, but based off of experience. Most podcasters, if you're not a fucking celebrity that gets paid to do a podcast, which drives me insane, um, the the most podcasters are doing it because of the uh, a passion, whether they've been in the radio business or not. I, I'm, I will never say that I'm better than anybody else just because I've been in the radio business. I'm trying to catch up with a lot of these podcasters that are way more successful than I am and maybe ever will be. Um, and I can appreciate that and I can learn from that. And I've got no problem saying that, but, but the, the, what I've learned so far, at least the people in the podcast industry are just passionate about doing whatever types of show they're, they're trying to do. They're not doing it for anyone other than their audience, uh, which I love and admire and envy, you know, I mean, guys, even as high up as like uh, Dave Portnay with Barstool's radio you know, or Barstool sports, you know, he goes and does his podcast I doubt the guy gets, I mean, the guy's worth a gazillion dollars and everybody knows who he is. He's got a huge following on social media. He's got a way cool website, a great brand. He's a viral genius and all that good stuff. I mean, I don't know anything else, uh, much about the guy other than that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, personally, he might be a total asshole. I have no idea. But the guy's successful and he still does a podcast, right? And he, he, he does, he surrounded himself with radio people or people that have been in the business and he gets thousands and thousands of views and downloads and plays and all that good stuff. But I highly doubt he's doing it for the paycheck. He's doing it to expand his brand and because he loves the medium of being able to talk to an audience. That's the passion. And that's what's great about podcasting. There might not be a ton of money in it ever. Definitely not at first. Unlike radio where you get hired for X amount of dollars, especially with your experience. But it doesn't anymore carry the same gratification that doing this does. And I can tell you that firsthand. Um, That's why, you know, I was approached not that long ago um, about a couple opportunities. And I've been adamant my whole career, ever since the mid-2000s, that I refuse to play music. You know, the last job um, before I signed my last deal I and they brought in a new program director. I was very honest and very vocal about I'm not staying. And it was because they were adding music. Not that I don't like music, not that I don't love music. It's just I know what that means. When you add music to a personality driven, uh, historically done talk show, somebody's looking to make some changes and they're fucking with what you do. And, uh, and in and, and, and the radio business, if you play music, this sucks that it is, but it is. If you play music and you're successful, you're successful because of the music and the person that programmed the music it has nothing to do with you. If even though you could be fantastic between between the songs uh, or, you know, or just a couple songs, whatever the case may be, if your show is not doing well, you're failing 
It has nothing to do with the music. It's because you talk too long. It's because what you're saying is not relevant in their opinion, in their eyes. And it's all your fault. It has nothing to do with management. That's why I don't want to play music. So I was approached by somebody that asked me about a couple opportunities, but they would include, they would include playing music, be included, play music. And at first I said, no, I said, I'm not interested. Thank you. And the reason why, and I've told this story before, um, years and years ago when I was working at a rock station in Orlando, I had, uh, I just hit my stride in afternoon drive as a personality by myself. I was figuring it out and I started to to get great ratings. I was number one in numerous demographics, beating shows that were normally number one. And this was during the new rock alternative era of rock music, which was very popular, very hot. You know, you had all these great baby bands that just the pop punk scene was huge, all that kind of stuff. And I'm playing it all. But I'm thinking my ratings are great because of me. This is my show. My name was on the show. I'm I'm putting the work in. Somebody say, Dad, a boy. You know, Jason, th- this is you. And we got uh, ratings out one day, and it continuously was number one. Now, I was by myself. I didn't have a producer. I didn't have interns or anything. I was just by I was doing everything. And the operations manager at the time uh, said something to the effect of, the fact of you know, congratulations and stuff you know, uh, you're lucky that the music is so hot right now. I said, excuse me? He said, yeah, you wouldn't have these numbers if the music weren't this hot. I walked out of that, that office saying that I'm, never, I, I'm, I'm going to work towards never playing a song ever again. So that was my mindset. It always has been up until recently because when I was approached about these opportunities, they said, well, you're going to have to play music. So I was approached again about the same opportunities, and I said, you know what? I've changed my mindset But I feel like I've watered down my passion for the business because I have changed my mindset. As long as I can get my fill of long-form radio or long-form talk by doing this podcast, I'll play as many fucking songs as you want. I'll go on and talk up Machine Gun Kelly for you. That's fine. Hey, it's rock, uh, crazy rock 92.1. And this is Rockin' Jason. And this is the latest from Machine Gun Kelly. It's my ears pink and yours not uh, on the crazy rock of the South. You know, whatever the fuck you want me to say. Like, I, I just kind of threw up the, the, the white flag. I was like, yeah, I can do that. Just as long as you don't take away my focus of the podcast. That's my mindset now. You know, and I told them that. And they go, I was expecting them to go, well, you know, I don't know if that's going to fly because they're going to want all your attention on a fucking whatever show. That wasn't the response. The response was, yeah, that's what a lot of personalities are saying. <laughs> I was blown away. <laughs> what? He goes, yeah, that's what a lot of radio veterans are saying now. They're like, yeah, just, you know, whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. And I'll do it for my house or whatever the case may be. And I'll show up when you need me to show up and I'll help you sell whatever it is that you need to sell. Just don't get in the way of my podcast. <laughs> I was like, that's a thing. And like, yeah, you know, and you start naming off names, people that I know that have had ton of success in the business. I'm like, Really? Interesting. I was like, I thought that was just me. Nope. (laughs) It seems like it's the running theme. And he goes, you know, you really hit your stride in this podcast world at the right time. I said, I guess so. I guess this was just a lucky, lucky string of events, you know? So anyway, it's just sad. I hate to see these people lose their jobs. I really do. Yeah. Well, that's good. At least that, that some of the management is 
you know, coming to terms with it's changing and is, yeah, just give them their podcast, let them do their thing. And, um, well, I didn't we'll say that. Some hoops. <laughs> I didn't say. I didn't say that. I didn't say the management was saying this. This was somebody that does not work for any of the said companies that helps find jobs or can get you a job in said companies. But the talent are saying the same things across the board uh, of what my mindset has has been. Ah, uh, okay. Whether management and the companies agree to it or not, that's a different story. Because a lot of these companies want ownership of the talent's podcast. Now, if you come in with an already successful podcast, it's proprietary to you. You know, it's intellectual property to you. So uh, that's a little bit of a different story. But when you work for a company and you start a podcast, they want it. I had to jump through hoops for the black cloud when we started it and even the shoot to grill. I mean, I had my agent involved there. The legal was involved. There were emails that went back and forth. People are signing up. It was a big to do. And I was like, well, how do we incorporate it with the company? You guys are signing all these people to your other parent company to do podcasts that have never been behind a microphone by, by themselves ever. But just recently they went viral for something and you're promoting on all your radio stations these podcasts, but you're not developing it from the people that know how to tell fucking stories. You know, why don't you do? De- not everybody knows the guy that was on the fucking skateboard drinking a cranberry juice. And where is he at now? Nowhere. Let's give him a fucking podcast and put it on every 400 fucking radio stations because he was popular for a minute. Don't forget to follow it up with Fleetwood Mac. Okay, I get it. The viral sensation at the time. But you don't just fucking hand the keys to the kingdom to the guy when you've got you've got tons of other talented people in, in on your roster that can work hard and produce uh, a good product. It just doesn't make any sense, you know. But they don't do that. Um, but they they you know. So I approached them on numerous occasions about doing stuff. Nothing. They didn't want anything. But yet I'd hear all the time these promos of, you know, the guy that. Said hi to the goat in a funny voice. He's got a podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't know. Yeah, goat. It's it's it the the the. I was trying to think of the other day. I, I made a post. Um, it was kind of a tongue in cheek dick post, I guess. But I posted a picture of a receipt, and I said, uh, you know, talked about how happy I am, and just real quick, kind of blur blurb, and then I hashtagged it recession proof because what we're doing is recession proof. We can't get fired. Well, Brandon, maybe, but we can't get fired. Um, so I can't, I'm not, I'm boss. I can't, I'm not going to fire me. Right. So whether we're making money or not, I can still come here and fucking keep behind a microphone and we can still put it out. No one's going to tell me I can't do this. So it's recession proof. There are very few jobs that are reset. I mean, not to say that we're technically we have not been told we are in a recession, but everybody knows we're just about in a recession, if not already in a recession. We get we'll get past it. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of days. We've been here before. But when you are in a recession, you've got to make changes. You've got to make adjustments. Now, with gas prices the way they are, families are making adjustments. You know, do you want to spend that extra hundred dollars on gas to do this family vacation and such and such, or do you want to save your gas money and do something at the house? You're having to make middle of the road, middle America is going is having to make those decisions right now 
because of inflation, because of gas prices. Um, you know, is there anything that's recession proof job wise? Yeah, I guess I don't know recession proof because I mean, technically we could get fired. We could Spotify could say, hey, we don't want you on our network anymore. And they could fire us. Um, but so we just moved I to think, Podbean or something. I mean, we can go somewhere else. Yeah, but there'd be the same thing with a job, though. If you got fired from your job, just go to another job. Oh. But yeah, I think the most recession proof type of jobs are just even more so than what we're doing right now, just being self-employed, whatever, whoever owns their own business or, um, you know, sells the, like they're a real estate agent that's not connected to anybody. You're, you're kind of self-employed and you can do whatever you want. But what, what, what do you, I was asked this question by a potential new sponsor the other day, and I thought it was a really good question. I, I've not been asked this yet and it made me think, and I gave him a good answer, but it made me think. I wasn't, you know, the usual quick witty Jason with, with, with a comeback of, you know. He asked me, he said, how do you gauge your wins? And I thought that was a very interesting question, especially coming from a potential sponsor. They're, they're trusting me with their money to get their message out via our product, right? As big or small mm-hmm. as it is, you know, whatever. And... I take that very personally and very seriously. If somebody's going to give me their money to, 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 to get their brand out, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to make it successful. So he asked me, he goes, um, he goes, how do you gauge your wins? And I had to think about that. How would you gauge our wins, Nate, on this podcast? How would you gauge our wins? And then how do you gauge your wins in life? Like with your everyday, your new life in Mexico, right? How do you gauge every day you wake up and go, this is a win? Because it's all, in my opinion, it's personal preference. Yeah. Um, Well, like with your job, I I think it's kind of anything, especially like with podcasts, you could, you could say it's, we got this many downloads or this many sponsors or this many um, shares or whatever. I guess it just depends on what you think is important. Um, so yeah, I think it's all opinion or all person by person. What about your personal life? You wake up every day and you go to bed at night before you go to bed at night, you say, man, I won today. I think just as long as you're happy. I don't think that it doesn't have to be a win or lose thing. I think if you had a good day and you're happy, it's, it's a win. Yeah. I, well, that was my answer to this guy. I said, downloads and plays. And since we've changed the way we redistribute the, the product, we've doubled our, our downloads essentially. I mean, it's, it's working. It's, it's well, you know, and I said subscriptions for the commercial free episodes and, and the, all the other stuff. I go, that to me is a win every day. I see if there's more subscribers to whether it's the podcast or even the newsletter. Like I get excited when I see somebody new subscribe to my fucking newsletter. That to me is a win, right? If we get more follows on social media, Uh, I see posts from people that I don't normally see posts from. I might not always respond to you guys, but trust me, I'm watching our social media like a hawk uh, just about every minute of the day. So if I see interaction with our audience, you know, with, with our, with our diehard two percenters, you know, the, the, the Travis's, the Shannon's, the uh, Andrews, the, uh, the Michaels, the, these guys that I see constant, the, the Megs, um, the Stephanie's, the, the, these people that constantly post uh, about the content on the show, that to me is a win. 
You know, somebody was talking about the conversation that we had with Bull the other day. Um, and, and, and the other week, we had a, a great, you know, we had Jeff and Lauren Lowe from Tiger King. I was a big guest. Howie D from the, the Backstreet Boys. He doesn't do podcasts. He did our podcast. That's a big guest. It might be the biggest guest we've had on this podcast. But people were talking about Bull, my old producer, uh, because they loved the conversation so much. They loved hearing the backstory. Two guys that have gone you know, butted heads numerous times, worked together. It's relatable, you know, and it was very fluent and very cool and very conversational. I like to see those posts on our social media. That to me is a win, right? And he says to me, he goes, well, you haven't mentioned money. And as much as I'm a money-driven person, and I'm a big money-driven person, I've learned that money is not the end-all be-all of you winning. Money comes to you. You know, your bills will get paid. Do what you do, do what you love, and continue to be passionate about it, and don't let anybody get in your fucking way. And if they do, you run them over. That's what you do, you know. And that's the message I teach my daughter and her friends too. I'm like, don't worry about what people are saying. Don't worry about what people think. Don't worry about the noise. You know, you go, you 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 like a you're like a running back. You just put your head down and you you sprint right through them. You see that bitch in the street? You hit her with your car. Run her over. <laughs> metaphorically speaking, not literally, but metaphorically speaking, <laughs> yes, you 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 run them you run them over with your car. You know, because I want my daughter to know that the American dream is not dead. The American dream is alive and well. It's just different. There's a great scene in the movie, the internship with Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. Um, Josh Cad, uh, is that his name? Josh, Josh. Uh, love him he's phenomenal he's kind of heavy set actor um, which wait, which movie the internship oh um yeah let me look josh something or another yeah i think it's josh cat he responded to me on twitter one time i was very excited i think it was also in like frozen or something like that but he's been in a lot of different stuff He was in 21 he was one of the friends see oh josh gad 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 not cat gad i love him i love him. i think he's such an underrated actor anyway there's a scene in that movie and the movie is uh, if you don't i've never seen it it's great it's always on like hbo or something but um it, it's vince vaughn and owen wilson are older guys they just get their their bit their their salesmen they sell watches and their business closes shop and um and so they got to find new jobs vince vaughn's uh, girlfriend leaves him and they're kind of lost, and they're middle-aged guys in a, in a tech world. So Vince Vaughn has this idea that they're going to apply for internships at Google, and they don't know shit about computers. So they fill out the application. They do the online meeting, which they've never been in front of a webcam before, at a public library with kids running around them. And they're, one of the guys that's interviewing them is, is the dude from Office, you know, and Vince Vaughn is talking into the, 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 the camera, and he's Hi, how are you? He's like, we can hear you just fine. He's telling Owen Wilson, get closer, cheek to cheek, because you see the camera is just so small. You got to get really close. So, like, it's it, everything about it is funny. So they're uh, they go into Google and they're put into teams. Now their team ends up being all the rejects that couldn't find a team, and these kids that are way smart want nothing to do with them at first because they don't feel like they have anything to offer them. Then they soon realize that because of their life experience, that's what they can offer. They can offer teamwork and, and the, 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 the ability to talk to people and get them to believe what you're saying and you're selling, being just great salesmen. 
so they, it's about camaraderie and old versus new and all that stuff. But there's a scene when they, uh, um, the the kids start talking about how the American dream is dead. They're 21 years old, and Owen Wilson says, you're way too young to be cynical. And the kid says, he gives a statistic, a percentage of how many kids coming out of college actually give jobs. And it's like a terrifying statistic. And the other kid, Yo-Yo, goes, you're absolutely correct. Mother says, that, you know, that's a correct, st- correct statistic. And, she, and then the girl says, the American, or one of them says, the American dream that you guys grew up with is dead. And the American dream that our parents grew up with was if you work hard and you're loyal, then you'll get a paycheck and you'll be able to provide for your family. You'll eventually be able to have a house and a car and you live out your days and then you die. That, that was the American dream. Work hard, be loyal, and, and you'll win. That idea of the American dream has changed over the years. Even bleeding into the Gen Xers. You know, when we were coming out, we still believed in the American dream, but the workforce was different. The jobs were different. We weren't wanting, we weren't wanting to go down to the mill and get a job cutting lumber and work there for 40 years and get asbestos. You know, that wasn't our dream. Our dream was to be an entrepreneur, to be a this or be that. The millennials take it even a step further. They're like, corporate yeah maybe but i can still do this shit on the side you know and the side hustle is a millennial thing which is a great thing i'm not knocking i'm just saying that's a millennial thing gen xers we're still buying into the one job work hard be loyal we eventually as the older we got realized not so much the case millennials had it at the beginning, I think. This is just my own personal opinion. So if you disagree with me, feel free, and I'm sure you will, and post it on social media. But this is just kind of my breakdown of it. Then the generations after the millennials, they were like, fuck you, corporate America. (laughs) I want nothing to do with you because I've seen how you've ruined my parents' lives, which would be my generation, Gen Xers. Because now at 47 years old, I'm reinventing myself. Now, I'm a young 47, but let's not get it twisted. I'm still fucking 47 years old. I said for the first time the other day, yeah, uh, an almost 50-year-old man. I called myself almost 50 instead of saying I'm 47. (laughs) You know, it's scary. It's really, really scary to think that at 47, I don't have a corporate job and I'm reinventing myself, but I've always bought into the American dream. What I'm doing right now is the American dream. You should never give up on that. We've got friends, uh, a woman in particular, she's a little younger than I am, wants a new career. Has a good career, but wants a new career because that's the thing right now. I think the younger generation has taught the older generation, hey, look, that you know, hustle, respect, and loyalty thing is bullshit. You know, we just talked about guy 22 years and same radio company just got blown out. That's bullshit, you know? Yeah. I mean, unless he was like a fucking pedophile and got lazy or something. I don't know. No, I totally agree. And I think um, like that idea of, you know, oh, if you just work hard, you'll make it or you, you'll get a paycheck or you'll have a stable job. Yeah, it's not like that anymore. The, the corporations don't stand behind you. They'll they'll kick you to the curb and say, here you go. No gold watch or anything like that. But it, I think it's it's kind of now or now it's not the work you put in, but it's maybe who you know or who you're friends with or here's a, a favor. 
And that, that used to be maybe up in the upper echelon of, you know, celebrities and, and rich people and stuff that, that seemed like a thing that just kind of always had gone on. But now it, it happens in almost every aspect, you know, this guy, at just a regular job might, you know, got, might've gotten the job cause he went to, you know, school with the guy's daughter or something, or, uh, Oh, this guy, you know, I, I know him from somewhere else. So it's almost like who, you know, and, and it's not really, you could work as harder than anyone else in the company and still never make it. So I, I can see why everyone had to pivot a little bit. Well, that, that's always been the case. I mean, it was one of the reasons I joined a fraternity, you know, networking. I figured, you know, walk in, you know, you think again, my generation, you, think, you, you walk in for the interview, you got a college degree, you're in, but then you're in the same fraternity. <laughs> you're vice president right out of the gates. It's not so much. I mean, one of my best friends in high school, um, told me, you know, because it was a big thing for most of us. Like, I don't care where we go. We're going to play football in college. It's like, we're football players. We're playing football in college. Not thinking that we're going to go in the NFL, but we're just like, that's what you do. That's the next step. A lot of my, lot of my friends, majority of my friends didn't want to play football. They didn't go to play football. One in particular, he goes into the Naval Academy, which is an extremely prestigious school, right? And then obviously serves his time in the, in the Navy and so on and so forth. And now is retired at 47 if he wants to just people keep bringing him back to consult because he's so fucking smart he's got degrees at MIT he's got I mean he's just a genius and I remember him saying one night I said I go Andy I go dude you're because he was he was a great football player at least in my eyes for our small school but I'm living in this small little bubble like Andy why aren't you going to play football dude he goes, no, my football days are done when I broke my leg the first game of uh, senior year. I said, your, your leg will heal. People are going to recruit you. You're awesome. You're jacked. You're huge. You're, 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 going to, you, you're a great football player. He goes, there's more to life than football. I said, what? He goes, there's more to life than football. He's like, I'm not going to be a professional football player, but I'll tell you, when I graduate from the Naval Academy and I'm wearing that ring and I go for a job, I'm going to get hired just because I'm wearing that ring. And you know what? He's absolutely correct. <laughs> you are absolutely correct. Somebody that's got that ring on, you're hiring him. I don't care what the job is. He's going to be hired or she's going to be hired. There's no doubt about it. Um, but Brandon, I mean, you're the youngest out of all of us. You come out of high school. Did w w Was the American dream instilled in you? Because you're a, um, a successful, I would say successful, young entrepreneur, business uh, guy, business owner that's You've got customers, you're making money, you've got clientele, you work hard, uh, you know, but was that, did your dad say to you or your mom say, Brandon, out of high school, you got to go to college. Or if you don't, you, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to do this. And you just told them to go fuck themselves. You know, no, I'm going to go start a backwater company or a backflow company. Uh, yeah, college has always instilled in me, like ever since I was little, be like, oh yeah, you're going to college when you get out of high school, but I never really wanted to. And then I just, you know, didn't really have the American dream, I guess. I was just kind of like going through the motions, like, all right, well, I guess I go to school for four years and I do this and that. And then two years in, I'm like, man, this fucking sucks. And then I'm just driving and listening to the radio one day and I started listening and listening more. And I'm like, you know, it'd be really cool if I, I could work there one day. And then then I, I guess that was kind of the American dream. Like I don't have to do this college stuff. I can choose what I want to do. And then when work for a radio station. Oh, so I was your American dream. I was your American wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> well then I guess, yeah. And then I guess when I got fired is when it kind of 
put the fire in me to like, hey, you know, uh, maybe I don't have to work at this irrigation company for 12 an hour. Maybe I could just do it myself. Then that was the American nightmare. <laughs> yeah. You realize the American dream was actually an American nightmare. It wasn't a dream. You know, a, <laughs> I, I've heard that story before. Pee Wee, you know, who helps us out with the show and does a great job helping Brandon with the video stuff. You know, he was a huge fan of my show in Orlando at Real Radio. And same thing. He was listening on the radio, just like Nate would listen to me on the radio and wanted to be an intern, thought it was glorious and thought it was, you know, this is my career. This is my thing. And you know what? There are very few interns that I've had that I would honestly say they should not be successful in the radio business because they all were talented in some way, but very few of them stayed in the business, right? You know, there are some that are very successful, very, very successful that, 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 that started with me. Um, and then, you know, Nate got disgruntled, you know, the last year he fucking hated that place. I, he never said it, but I could see it his face, you know, um, Brandon well, it turned into, it turned into that thing where it doesn't matter at first, you know, not at first, but you know, throughout any, any type of career, you're work hard anything for the company anything for the show whatever it is um but it just became to the point where it was like what are we doing it doesn't matter how hard i bust my ass it's it's not gonna help me or us out um in the long run so what's the point you know it just kind of got to that point i guess and, and i and i think that's where the american dream is right now is i want to i want to believe i want to be optimistic that the american dream still exists it's just the dream has been tweaked a little bit where I think more people, doesn't matter what age you are, the American dream is the idea, same with capitalism. I mean, this is the argument for someone that's pro-capitalism, which I am, is that, you know, there's this, this stigma that says that capitalism just benefits the rich. Well, if you look at it in a different way, capitalism is actually designed for the poor because you have the opportunity to make something of yourself. You can do whatever you want because it's not government-controlled, government-run. And that's the American dream of saying, I want to go out there. Like you hear stories of our grandparents or our parents that you know started out a fruit stand or you know a Christmas shop or uh, a small tire place, a small auto body place, and then ended up being huge and selling it off to one of these big corporate places and making millions of dollars and being able to retire in peace. You know, which that's another thing. The American dream was when I was growing up, always told you work until about 65 and then you play tennis and golf the rest of your life. I don't think there's a retirement age anymore. The, the retirement age is when you can't move or you're dead. Yeah. And the American dream is just to make enough money to not go bankrupt when you break your leg. <laughs> you're right. You're, the American dream is to survive. You know, I mean, like growing up, the one percenters that everybody wanted to be was a professional athlete. Now, I think for kids, the one percenters, not necessarily being a professional athlete, it's more of being a Internet celebrity. That's the one percenter of having millions and millions of views on YouTube and getting paid twenty thousand dollars a month. That's the dream, you know, which is extremely obtainable because all you have to do is get an account and do something interesting. Um, and yeah. even, even some of the shit that these fucking these influencers do are not interesting, but it clicks and it works, you know, for 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 the audience. So good for them. I'm not hating. I'm just saying uh, that's the new American dream is to the the instant gratification versus working your way up the ladder and hoping and praying for the best. Look, I worked in the radio business for my first year 
two jobs and school for free, right? I would sleep at the radio station. Uh, I, I got destroyed, bullied, beat up, blah, blah, blah. But it made me stronger. I'm not complaining. It made me stronger. The next 10 years of my life, give or take, I didn't make jack shit. The greeter at Walmart made more money than I did probably. But I loved the business and I had the mindset of the harder I work, the more I'll get noticed. It wasn't until I actually had to almost become an asshole, which is probably making some people laugh, um, in order to get paid. Like I had to make moves. I had to make sneaky strategic moves. Unfortunately, I never wanted to be that guy, but I had to pick up the, the powers that be who were flying in for a meeting with my bosses, not let them know and pick them up at the airport. So I have 20 minutes in the car to sell myself. You know, I did that. And then they found out about it. I got in trouble. And then, and then they say, why didn't you just come to us? What am I supposed to do? Come to you and say, I want a different job. Give me more money. I did that one time. You laughed at my face. You, and then you said, if you don't like it, then leave. <laughs> like, what, do you yeah. want, what the fuck do you want me to do? Right? So the, the new American dream versus that is, oh, so I can do a podcast. I can do a, a vlog. I can be an OnlyFans model. I can be an Instagram influencer and make what? Instantaneously? Goes right into my bank account? Hmm. Oh, well, that's cool. You know? I don't, have yeah. to, I don't have to go to school. I don't have to study. I don't have to put in the 10 years, uh, 15 years of, you know, being somebody's bitch at some corporate thing, being sexually harassed or something like, hmm, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I think it's more like now and not, we're talking about kind of like techie things, but just any job across the board, I think people realize in general, you just have to be more self-reliant. Can't, you can't rely on that big company that's going to be protective because you get health insurance and a 401k and a package and everything. Like, like Brandon, he didn't go work for some big backflow company. He said, I'm going to start my own, you know? So he doesn't want to be relying on someone else because that in this day and age, that's not stable. And the younger generation knows that I'd rather do it to, for myself. So you can have full control over it. Is that a thing, Brandon? Is there a big backflow company that you could go work for? Uh, yeah, there's one. It's called like Chief Fire or something like that. And they do they do like fire sprinklers, but they have backflows on them that they that they test the big ones. But- yeah, well, all the big companies are buying up the small guys. My uh, my AC company that I've used for years was it was great at first. Like the owner, the owner, it was a family run business, and the son was taking over, and he used to come to the house, and he was very nice. And then the bigger they got the more distant he got and to be honest with you, not as nice. And, uh, but I still used them because they were reliable, not the company reliable, but they were reliable and, and they, 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 I didn't mind them, you know, and I thought the price was right and they did a good job and you know, why change it? So we were having some AC problems the other day. It's hot outside. And I went up in to one of our units and the fan that's in our roof was not working. So I was assuming that's it. That's why it was so hot. Even though the AC unit was working, the fan wasn't working. So I called Jeremiah fucking sample. He comes over. He says, yeah, that's a problem. He fixes it. He's not an AC guy, but he, he put a new one in and it started to work better. I cleaned out the, the air filters and it was working fine. I was like, yeah, but I should probably still get, you know, I bought this biannual maintenance package where I spent a couple hundred bucks and they come out twice a year, usually spring and fall. And, they check everything to make sure everything's good. So I called him up 
and they they were sold out to another company, like a bigger company, this big company. And I was like, okay, well, I still want to schedule the appointment. So she schedules the appointment. This was like on a Friday and they're supposed to come out the next Monday. And I get a, a email in the morning or something saying that they're not coming out anymore. So I call them up and I'm like, what are you doing? Why aren't you coming out? And they said, uh, this was a, a decision by senior management because so many pro- people are having AC issues. We're not doing any maintenance until fall. I said, but you scheduled the appointment. Like I made plans to do nothing from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. because you told me you were coming out. You can't do that. That's not how this works. And then she starts to get an attitude with me. Well, it's not. An attitude. I said, well, fucking cancel. Then I, give me my money back. Just send me my money. You know, I was like, yeah, I'll find somebody else. I was like, that's kind of shitty. But that's what I'm talking about is, you know, when you get that big, you lose the customer service, right? And your employees, um, you know, firing them or getting rid of them or hiring the wrong people because you're not in control anymore. You know, I'm always being accused of being a control freak. When I'm in control, things go right because nobody's going to do it better than me because I know what I want done. Uh, that goes for anybody. No one can sell yourself like you can. No one can do it better than you can if you know what you're doing and what you want. You know, so there's nothing wrong with being a quote unquote control freak if you want things done that way because of your vision. Um, but when you start to open that up and just start, I don't want to say not caring, but just being blase about it, everything goes downhill, you know, and that's where the yeah. well, the loyalty thing was is big. Like our, our parents and our grandparents lived and died by loyalty. And I love, I'm a big fan of loyalty, but it's hard to be loyal to people when they fucking stab you in the back so many damn times. Yeah. Well, and like you were talking just now with like the, um, when you get saying, when you get bigger, you might not have this good customer service. You can, but now you don't because the problem is, is they get bigger and then their employees, If you can have good customer service if you treat your employees well. The problem now is the companies don't treat their employees well, so the pl- employees don't care and they're not proud of what they do, so then they get bad service. But if they, if companies could just treat their employees better and not make it all about money, uh, and that's why we've lost it from our, the older generation, the, the respect and everything is... The, the companies don't respect us, so why would we respect them? Well, Brandon will be the first one to tell you that working for Bailey Entertainment LLC is a pleasure because he's my favorite asshole, right? Yeah, I love getting calls all day. <laughs> I don't. When's the last time I fucking just, called you? Was it, tell I'm me, just kidding. You te- yeah, you tell me the last time I picked. Actually, it was the other day, I think, but you didn't pick up. So it was two days ago. Yeah. Two, yeah, okay. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my bad. That was me. That's all me. I did call you a couple days ago. Uh, all right, so uh, that went a little bit longer than I thought it was going to be. Okay, so Nate, you ready for your Mexico moment quickly? Yes, sir. And now a Mexico moment with Nate. Yeah. Uh, Mexico Moment with Nate, sponsored by Furry Family Comfort Care. Stephanie is a registered veterinary technician certified in hospice and palliative care for dogs and cats with over 20 years experience. They do things like mobile and virtual assessments. Uh, Do I need to take my dog or cat to the vet for this? They also have advice on dietary issues, hospice consultation, grief support. And now if you mention the BS, 50% off your first appointment, whether it be a consultation about your pet's health, a hospice consult called laser therapy, or 50% off one night for your dog or cat at the Furry Family Comfort Care Resort. Find Furry Family Comfort 
at furryfamilycc.com. That's furryfamilycc.com. I used Stephanie the other day. Henry, uh, we were up all night with Henry, throwing up bad potties, uh, blood in a stool. I know, gross. And when you get to that, but he was, he like, he didn't seem sick. Like his tail was still wagging, but it freaked me out. So she was my first call. Or text. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got her um, her magnet she gave me at Podcast and Pours 1 uh, up on my fridge here. I don't think I can call her from... Well, actually, I can. They, they do virtual stuff, so I could call her from Mexico if I needed to. Yeah, she's good people. Really, really good people. Anyway, all right. What's your moment? Um, so I follow these uh, Facebook pages that have some kind of like the local news and um, my expat groups and stuff just to kind of keep on, up what's going on uh, in Plato Carmen. And I see this post of this guy... And he's in uh, handcuffs. And usually when you get arrested here, um, the, they make kind of a spectacle of you. They'll post it on the, the police department's Facebook page and they, they put all the drugs or whatever they caught you with in front of you. And they, it's kind of almost like a public shaming thing. Um, but I see this post and it's this guy in handcuffs and, you know, kind of his mugshot. And the person posting is saying, hey, this is, I, can't, I think the guy's is like James Harris was his name. Um, this guy who has been scamming people for years is finally been caught. And if you've ever been scammed by him, please come down to the, the Plattel Park. Carmen police department right now. So they get, cause they can't hold him for more than like, I guess 24 hours or something, unless they have some like real evidence on him. And so I looked this guy up and here, I'll send you guys the article. Um, but this guy has been here for like, it seems like almost 10 years. Um, and he is a, so I, I found the guy online and he's a, this article is from daily mail from a few years ago. And since, Oh, no. Uh, Yeah, he was a Trump University professor um, before it got shut down for fraud or whatever it was. Um, And so when he something happened in Georgia where he owed some money to some lawyers or something. And so he fled to Playa Carmen and. But he, it was some weird story where he doesn't have a passport, so he couldn't leave or, or the country or anything like that. So he was stuck here with no money. And so he started doing like kind of the street performer stuff. So he was like, uh, he dressed up like Superman. He dressed up like the naked cowboy that's in New York City um, just for pictures. And then tourists give him money. It's kind of a thing here. Um, And so that's what I guess he was doing. You know, he's been doing this for a while. And then now he's doing scams. And so he's doing these, I guess, like uh, rental scams. So he says he has this apartment for rent. I guess the scam is he tells you like, Hey, I need a down payment. And, uh, and then he just takes off with your money and he has all these different aliases on Facebook. Wow. He's, where is he from? He looks like a New Yorker. Uh, I don't recall where he's actually from, but the, one of the money that he owes in the U S where he has a warrant out for his arrest is for a lawyer in Georgia, apparently. Wow. And a couple of people came and said that they'd been scammed or whatever. And Alexis and I are kind of looking for a different place, um, maybe in a different part of Playa Carmen. We love where we live, but, you know, just you kind of want to move around, especially if you're used to living in apartments every couple of years, you get kind of bored or whatever. So we've been just kind of putting our feelers out there. And there's a place that's not too far from us that's uh, that's uh, quite a bit cheaper. So I messaged them and there's a lot of personal rentals on Facebook marketplace, but then there's also real estate people where they, they might have a bunch of properties at a, in a building. And um, so I messaged this person and I said, Hey, you know, uh, this place looks pretty good. Is is there any way I could uh, see one of your units thinking that it was a real estate agent? 
And uh, he goes, no, um, but if you go to the building and and say that you're looking to buy a condo in the building, they'll let you see one of them. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I assumed that you um, had a bunch of these units and he's like, Oh no, this is just my, my personal one. But if you wanted to go see whatever. So I didn't really think anything of it. And he kind of pressured me a little bit, but we had, it was over the weekend. So we had some stuff going on and I go back and look and it's one of the aliases of this dude. I was talking to this guy and he was trying to scam me out of a deposit for this place. That's why he couldn't let me see the unit. Cause he doesn't own the unit. Wow. Can you, yeah. can you think you could get him on the show? I don't know. I don't know if he's still in jail or, or what ended up happening. I'll have to look, but wow. uh, but yeah, I guess it's a big scam here. I would, I would, it's one thing to scam people in the United States, you know, because I think in the United States, fairly lenient with a lot of criminals and whatnot. I don't know if I'd want to do that in Mexico. I think like, like, uh, you know, um, they, yeah, you think he might get killed? I mean, he get shot. Yeah, especially if yeah, because you, you sk- fuck some cartel, the wrong guy. Yeah, the cartel guy or something. It's not good, you know. Yeah, so uh, so I, I avoid avoided being scammed, but I don't know how this guy's gotten away with it for so long. Um, but it, he plays on a lot of Canadians and Americans who are coming down here looking for maybe a long-term rental and, uh, aren't here. So they can't actually see the place. So maybe giving a deposit to lock it in. So you don't lose the place. Isn't so, cause a lot of people are saying, Oh, well, like, how would you fall for this? It's not that far fetched when you don't live in the country, you're looking for a place to rent. Oh, sure. He looks like that douchey manipulator guy though. Like, yeah, you know, he's all ripped up. He's an older guy, probably mid fifties or something, but he, uh, he just looks like that guy that is always looking for the deal, you know, or the hustle or the the next big scam, the next big scam. It's, there's just a certain look. I went to high school with a guy that has the same look and he did the same. He was a scammer. I mean, he turned his back on his family and friends when he became a millionaire and, then he lost it all uh, because he just fucked over all the wrong people and he just blew through all this money. And he's, he was always a manipulator. He was always selling you something. Even in college, he got us all signed up to sell calling cards, STS calling cards. <laughs> he's like, I make, he's talking like this guy, I make, I make $200 a month, Bailey. Just, just all you got to do is get two people to sign up, Bailey. You get two people to sign up and you're making $1,200 a month. That's all you got to do. And plus you get free long distance. Bill, all I need is $500 from you. Come on, Bill. <laughs> that's funny. Well, and that's what he was doing too. He was, he was also selling things on Instagram. Like, Hey, I have this package, like how to become a millionaire in 30 days or whatever. And he'd sell those to people who are the, it's just like a pyramid scheme basically. Um, and then he was also during 2016, he was using Trump's name cause he was trying to make himself sound like he was associated with Trump, even though he was, you know, a convicted felon and then, you know, got kicked out of this university when it shut down. Um, but he used that to try to play like, Hey, I'm, I'm a millionaire. I'm a million or a billionaire or whatever. Also That's scammer. Oh, I'm looking. He is from New Jersey. Yeah. Well, I told you he's, he just looks like it. Yeah. <laughs> <You> just tell <laughs> it's just, he's got that. He's got that, that hustle swindle face to it. You know, they, they all have that like look to it. Uh, that's crazy how you can go through life. It's funny. My old friend wrote a book, you know, I ran into him at the celebration of life for our football coach and he's trying to sell me, but go give me a radio show. It's a book is amazing. A lot of people don't realize about 
how scholarships work, you know, for kids. Uh, it's the way I did it. And, I t- and I, this is my second book. The one where I talked about how I lost all my money. And I'm back. I'm back, Billy. Better than ever, And I'm like, get the fuck away from me. I was like, I can tell you the day you lost me. You lost me in my condo in Altamont Springs when I was trying to get a loan for, you were helping me buy a house or something. And it was like $175,000. It was an investment property. And you said to me over the phone, Billy, just deal with it, man. I've got bigger people to deal with than your shit. When you said that to me, I was like, I'm never fucking dealing or talking with you ever again. I was like, asshole. You know, yeah, yeah, fuck that guy. He fucked over senators, professional athletes. I was playing in, uh, this is when I was in Tampa. This was like 2006, 7, 8. I was playing in this uh, Mike Allstott's charity softball game. And they had, you know, all the Bucks players out there and stuff. And I was out there in center field uh, playing catch with some of the guys. I f- forget who's on the team at the time. And w- one of the big names on the team, so like Dexter or something, he was, he was a free safety or DB, something. And we just start talking, and somehow this, this guy that I went to high school, his name pops up. I, I don't know how and I don't know why, but he goes, you, you know that guy? I said, yeah, I went to high school with him. I used to be really close with him. He goes, yeah, you know where he's at? I said, I haven't talked to him in years. He goes, all right, well, if you find him, let me know, because I want to beat the shit out of him. He scammed me out of blah, blah, blah. I was like, holy shit, real? how did he get to you? <laughs> how the fuck did that guy get to your money? You know, And then we're on a softball field, baseball field for a charity event, and we're talking about it. I was like, that's the craziest thing in the world. Dude, that's nuts. I was like, I swear I don't know anything. I had nothing to do with it. You know, he's like, you do know that Senator <laughs> such and such is after him too. I'm like, the guy on the TV? <laughs> he says, yeah. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. How do you get to that guy? <laughs> it's amazing how that works. Anyway. All right. Uh, is that it for your next uh, Mexico? Movie? That's very interesting, by the way. I find that fascinating. Yeah. If you, if you run into him, I'd love to. Have him on the show, pick his brain a little bit. Love to talk to people like yeah. that. Yeah, I'll see if I can find him. All right. Uh, I didn't get to a lot of stuff I wanted to get to in this first segment. That's okay. Let's talk to our guest. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Watkins Law Firm, trial and litigation attorneys, self, it's personal injury, wrongful death, contracts and transactions, landlord and tenant disputes, or just general civil litigation. Watkins Law Firm, dot LLC is where you need to go. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC. And here's Tyler's tip of the day. In Georgia, if a tree falls on someone else's property, usually that person's out of luck. Under Georgia law, landowners only have a responsibility to ensure and check for visible and apparent patent decay and tree rot. So if your neighbor's tree falls on your land, you're usually out of luck. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC, serving all of Georgia. Next time, talk to Tyler. Are you looking to build a mountain home or a cabin in western North Carolina? You know, you hear me talk about Paradise City all the time and the cabin up in Mineral Bluff. Well, Mac Development Group, they are a one-stop shop for all your needs. A full-service design-build real estate developer, and their team handles everything for you. From your land acquisition to designing your custom home to the general contracting and building. They provide your family with the ability to have a one-stop shop and know what your project is, and it's delivered on time. Plus, everything is built in this 3D software process that you can see ahead of time to make you kind of ease your tensions as you move forward with this really cool and exciting thing in your life, right? 
currently booking for full-time builds, and they need to get folks on the schedule. The folks are you. Reach out to Mac Development Group, macdevelopment.com. That's macdevelopment.com. Also, hit them up on social media, Instagram and Facebook. I'm so happy that so many of you enjoy Nubertese Men's Wellness League's uh, practitioner, Diane Spiva, when she comes on the podcast. I think it's great. You know, I've been going to Nubertese Men's Wellness League in Sandy Springs, Georgia, for well over a year with testosterone maintenance, but they do so much more than that. With a weight loss program, sexual health, pain and joint management, Nubertese Men's Wellness League is a men's wellness facility for guys and guys only. Guys, as you get older, your body starts to break down. There are things that you can control and there are things that you can't control. Just pop into Nubertees Men's Wellness League in Sandy Springs or go online to menswellnessleague.com and schedule a phone call just to see where you're at. It could possibly save your life. That's a true story actually happened to a listener, right? So right now, the Wellness Combine, get it for 99 bucks. That's $200 off the regular pl- uh, price. Plus, mention the BS Podcast and get 10% off that price. But you got to mention the BS Podcast. Go to menswellnessleague.com. Hit that schedule button. Son of a bitch. I just called to say you should subscribe to The Bailey Show, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you, Jason. He's back. Bumping Jill out of a seat. That's Manny Aurora's seat, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody (laughs) else's seat. That's Manny Aurora's seat. Uh, Welcome back into the uh, Golden Scissors studio, my friend. How are you? I'm great. Uh, was great. That? Better than you, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Who was that? Uh, you've been up in New York to see our girl? I have. Yeah, how's she doing? She's doing okay. I mean, prison life doesn't agree with her, but it is what it is. I got to go back in a, another week and a half. Are you the only person that visits Anna Delvey? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't have any friends? I'm sure she has friends, but it's so far out of the way. And if you're not a lawyer, it's really hard to get visitation done with COVID protocols. Oh. So you can do uh, phone calls and such. Where is she at Rikers? No, no. She's at Orange County Detention Center. It's a small county about 60 miles outside Manhattan. And it's where the INS contracts with them to hold immigration folks. And she's about the only one there. Oh, really? So Everybody else gets bond, but because she is who she is, they deny bond. That's crazy. So she's got like the whole joint to herself. Well, the uh, non-local custody part, yeah. The, so she should be dying to want to come on with us. She's got nothing to do. I'm sure she would if I could get her out on bond. Just somebody call the Bureau of Immigration Appeals and tell them to give her a bond. We can't talk to her while she's in jail? I'm sure there's a way to do it, but it seems like it'd be very difficult. Oh, really? Yeah, because you got to coordinate jail times and phone calls. and. But she's on social media. No, she's not on social media. She calls people that can put stuff out there as far as that goes on her behalf. Oh, gotcha. Does she know the girl? What's her name? Jul- Julia Garner, right? The girl that played her in, yeah. uh, in, in Benny Nana. I um, can't imagine they've ever met because she's been in custody for a while. So. But she's now going to play Madonna in the new biopic. So that's exciting. So like the six degrees of the real Anna Delvey yeah. gets the Madonna. That's kind of neat. Does she know that? Did you talk to her about this? I didn't oh. didn't come up in our conversations about her freedom and oh. criminal law and such. I just didn't know is about she, Madonna. Is she flirty? 
Uh, no, she's nice to me. I don't know. She might be flirty in real life, but for us, it's pretty straightforward. But like I said, she's very charismatic, and she's just fun to talk to. She's a nice person. Like, would you invite her over to your house for dinner? I would. Have her around your kids? Yeah, my kids are in their 20s, so I guess, yeah. yeah. Okay. Your wife's cool with you going up there and spending these romantic days with Anna Delvey? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing more sexy than touching through glass. <laughs> do, you, do you ever lift your shirt up and put your breast up there and go, it's going to be just fine. It's going to be fine, Anna. It's going to be fine. Next time I'm going to bring my phone in, I'm going to take a big picture of the sign that says no open mouth kissing above the doors, <laughs> even though you're seeing each other through glass. So uh, maybe you'll get a chuckle out of that. Yes, I will. Who do you take with you? I uh, usually have an assistant or I have a local attorney up there um, oh. that goes with me. And you all just go in there. You wear your suit and tie? Uh, usually just what I'm wearing now because yeah. it's a prison and it's nasty. Yeah. Well, you want to fit in. You go in with a black eye. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get beat up before you go in. Well, I could just wear like a yellow jumpsuit and fit right in. Well, what you guys should do before you leave the hotel is punch each other in the face. Okay. So you look tough because you don't want anybody making fun of you. Fair enough. I don't know. I saw that in a movie one time. <laughs> That's just what you do. <laughs> Uh, I, I like we're we really think that we're going to get her on the show. I really hope you will because that's a good sign for me. Yeah, but we have to wait until she's released. Obviously, yeah, obviously. And you're going to bring her to Atlanta. I would bring her to Atlanta. Are you going to buy her a house? I don't think I can afford that. Are you going to rent her a house? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, how, why? Why would she move to Atlanta? She's not moving to Atlanta. I'm sure she'd come here and visit and oh. do some social stuff. Oh, so we just have to wait for her to visit. Well, I'd get her out here as soon as possible as part of our. Can, can, can we plan this release around September when we do our next podcast in pours? As long as she gets released, I don't care what it is. That okay. would be ideal. That's a theme release party. Oh, my God. Anna, we have to sell some swag, though. That's for sure. Oh, that's Done. not. Brandon's going to work the Anna Delvey tent. And, uh, <laughs> and we're just going to sell. I mean, she can make money. I mean, people are going to want to meet her. She can charge $20 for an autograph, $50 for a picture. So we can't do it in the basement. We'll have to do it someplace else. Just stop calling I'm this sorry, basement. the basement. Uh, Golden Scissors, Scissors Studio. Studios. Sorry. <laughs> Golden Scissors. It's not a basement. It's a studio. Mark Marin does his podcast out of a shitty room in his house. I bet you his guests that uh, come over, like Barack Obama, don't make fun of his crappy room. <laughs> <laughs> probably not <laughs> thank you thank you very much <laughs> uh, all right so uh aurora law firm the aurora located here in atlanta georgia but practices nationwide specializing in criminal law we'll get to some of the voicemails we have a hotline if you want to ever leave a message for manny we hope you do 404-369-3825 404-369-3825 uh there's a spot right there on podcastthebs.com you just scroll down on the home page a little bit uh, we have an entire section just for Manny where you can shoot us uh, questions that we'll ask. You can post them on social media and just hashtag, you know, Manny question or something so we know. Um, but uh, we'll get to some of those. Let's start off with a voicemail, actually. Uh, here we go. Hello, Manny. I'm sure you get this question a thousand times, but what do you recommend you do or shouldn't do in the case of Getting pulled over while being slightly impaired, do you recommend that we do the field sobriety test and the breathalyzer or not? We refuse. I know you're not supposed to say anything, but I was just curious how the field test and sobriety test and all of that plays into it. Thank you for your time. You sound very sad. Or like they're asking the question in a closet. They don't want their wife to hear them. <laughs> Manny. So the answer is in three words. Don't do anything. 
Don't do anything. Don't do anything because you're just creating evidence against yourself. Otherwise, it's just based on what the body cam shows and your behavior in the car. They're always going to arrest you, especially if it's after midnight on any given night. So why do the test? Because they're very subjective and you're always going to quote unquote fail. And then if you do the breath test on top of that, then you're really in a little bit of a pickle. Yeah. And, and, and they, so I, this is what I've always thought. If you don't do the tests, your license is automatically suspended for six months. It's not. It's not. The suspension could be up to a year, but you actually get a hearing whether you do it or don't do it. And the issue is if you don't do it, then you have more evidence in your favor because you could have friends saying he didn't look drunk or he was fine when he left. You could have receipts saying you had one drink. And for God's sakes, never say I only had a couple of drinks because that's what everybody says. Two drinks. No, just don't say anything. Keep your freaking mouth shut. As I told you before, that old saying, no fish ever gets caught by keeping its mouth shut. Yeah, but don't, but don't, you don't want to be rude. No, you can be very nice. You can say, yes, officer, I understand, but I d- politely decline. You have that option. Okay, so it's just I, pr- I politely decline Yes. Any er, anything and everything. Yes. But I, I appreciate what you do for us, and I back the blue. Yeah. I just don't want to do any of your stuff. Right, I got the sticker on the back of my car, and I can't believe you pulled me over anyway, but uh, you know, <laughs> so be it. Uh, and they'll go, okay, well, we're going to have to take you to jail. You're always going to jail. You're always going to jail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've never been pulled over. For, well, I don't drink and drive, knock on wood. Um, but I've never, I've never been in that situation before. Right. I mean, it's not drinking and driving as we see it. I mean, you could be at the outback and have a glass and a half of wine, and technically, based on your weight, you could be over the limit. Right. So, and you feel nothing. Uh, you could be a raging alcoholic and have six beers and feel nothing, and you'll. But technically, your body still says you're over the limit. But if you're getting pulled over, good things aren't going to happen, especially at night. Are you going to call Manny when you get a DUI, Brennan? Because if anybody on this show, you'd be the one to get it. Nate doesn't uh, even have a I'll car. I'll definitely call a lawyer. I yeah. usually, I usually just kind of crash wherever I wherever I get drunk at. Mainly, yeah. I was very, this yard or a couch or you're right. Shed. I, I was very proud of you at my birthday party. You and Def August. Uh, well, you had Jill take you to somewhere, but you Ubered. There was an Uber involved, but you left that big truck at my house. So I was <laughs> very happy about that. Uh, all right, so you decline. Um, respectfully decline. Respectfully decline. And it's not always drinking, even if you have marijuana in your system or pills. Same thing. But you still have to give them your license and registration. Yeah, they'll ask for that, but it's almost like they don't even need it because they just run it off your tag. It's all electronic anyway. Yeah. The the uh, when when they come to your car and they say or they ask you to do the the field test, they don't ever say that there's an option for you not to do it, do they? I don't think they do because um, I haven't done a DUI in a while. But um, you always have that right, and so that's what they say in the courts when they say, "Well, I didn't know because you didn't tell me." So they don't have to tell you. You're just supposed to know. But whenever a cop asks you to do anything, you can always politely decline. Yeah, politely decline. Jill, have you had a DUI? No, I have yeah, not. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I had a lot of friends die of the drunk driving stuff. Not a big fan I of it. I try to be responsible with my drinking. Uh, my wife was given a ticket for shoplifting. The amount was $40.12. She is deaf in one ear, and while at the self-checkout, she confused the beeps from her register from another due to her hearing issue. Apparently, she had forgotten to scan one item. Is this real? <laughs> yep. Uh, she went to throw hangers away from some clothes and assumed she had already scanned it. When she was pulled aside, she tried to explain and offered to pay for the items, but they wouldn't have it. Is there anything she can do outside of court? If not, would her story be enough to defend her in court? Her story would be more than enough to defend her in court. 
especially if it's just one item and she paid for everything else and it's a self-checkout because half the time you can't understand the beeps or it's loud or the music's there. Mm -hmm. And especially when you say, my bad, and you're doing it openly, it's not like she hid the clothes in in her purse or you put your shirt on top of another shirt, that kind of thing. So the circumstances would be very favorable. Uh, This is just unfortunate that she got a ticket. Somebody probably had a quota issue to do and all police departments do no matter what they say. Um, I never yeah. thought about this. This probably happens a lot. This is like, you know, if I, I was at the self-checkout the other day and I forgot an item and they remind it, you know, the little thing reminds you yeah. if, if you forget it. But I, it's not that I was trying to steal it. I thought it scanned. I, did, I mean, it did the exact same thing that this story is. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it happens. It, but it, you have to look at the circumstances. It, it happens so often it took down a morning radio show. Uh, oh, is, is that what is that what happened with Brandy? Yeah, remember she she didn't want to wait in line because she had to get home and send you some audio or something. So she just uh, I, I can't remember if she put it in her bag or just you know took off. Yeah, but she stole it. She didn't bother trying to check out. There's a difference. Well, I think she was checking out some things and didn't scan all the things because she was just trying to get out of there because it wasn't working or something like that. Oh, yeah. Well, in that case, you should just leave it there. <laughs> yeah, because there's a million cameras out there. One thing you don't want to ever ever shoplift if you ever think about it is target or walmart those things are like fort knox and they're with cameras everywhere or kmart back in the day that's where i got busted learned my lesson almost got arrested kmart dollar 29 white do-rag with black paisleys <laughs> never forget can i be forced to testify against my husband on a burglary case no predating our marriage yes these charges go back to 2014 <laughs> and he's now going to court next week he had seven years prison time since then for another country, county, I'm sorry. And the county that initially charged him put a failure to appear on him while he was in prison. He put in production orders and they never came and got him for court. He also did 10 months in the Lee County Jail that they are not crediting him for, hoping for some good advice. He is seeking new counsel. Ooh. All right. Yeah. Sounds like I was playing the whammy game. I answered too fast. So... Anything after she got married that's involved in the case, they can't use. But the stuff he would have told her prior to the marriage, they can use. And then the 10 months in the Lee County Jail depends on what he was arrested for. If his new charges, then the time wouldn't count. But if it was the same old charges, but then maybe it's a probation violation, then the time wouldn't count against the original charge. So there's a lot of information additional I would need to figure out why the 10 months doesn't count. But it sounds like he's out now. So I guess it's somewhat academic. Is it easy to screw that up if, like, you're a, a newbie defense attorney? It's easy to screw it up, not because you're the defense attorney, but it's the clerk that's checking all the boxes on the form, right? So we as lawyers can say whatever we want on the record. 90% of the transcripts are never actually transcribed, right? It's just recorded or it's on a computer system somewhere. The sentence sheet is what the clerks fill out, and they have to write in the certain things, check certain things, say credit for this. Um, and that's probably what caused the error, assuming that Lee County stuff was for the same thing. Where's Lee County? In Georgia somewhere. Oh, Next yeah. to the like 158 South counties. Georgia, I think. Sounds South Georgia. Brandon, that sounds like a place you, you hang out. Lee, Lee Jeans, Levi, Lee something, right? You know about Lee County? Uh, I know we have a Lee Middle School. Well, there you go. Is, sure. Does Robert have anything to do with it? <laughs> uh, I think we had a statue, but they got torn down. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, it's north of, uh, it's like Leesburg. It's a little bit North Albany, Georgia, like Southwest ish. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I received a CIS and completed all terms an SIS. Is that a thing? Do you know what it stands for? I haven't heard of a CIS. 
before. I thought you said cyst, and I was like, well, I don't know if I can help with that. But I did have some medical training in college. Well, I thought they were going to say a cease and desist, but I received a S assist and completed all terms of probation from a previous case, but now almost 20 years after I am a felon. 20 years after completing probation for a cis in Missouri, I have been charged with new charge as a felon. Should be charged with bad English. Felon in possession of a firearm in Georgia. Okay, so whatever cis is in Missouri, did you say? Yeah, um, yeah it's a suspended imposition of sentence. It right, says. so that means that she was a first offender. So as long as the lawyer or the clerk after they finished the probation, check the right boxes, then you don't have a record. And so if you had a gun here in Georgia, you wouldn't be possessing a gun by a felon. So that is incorrect unless something happened to the paperwork that didn't show that. But it would be easy to defend. We could pull that paperwork from Missouri, file it with the court, and say there's no charge here and everything should be dismissed. But would you really take this case if they're talking to you like that? I mean, that's, that, that sentence structure is horrible. I used to add an extra zero, and then English gets better. <laughs> it gets fine. <laughs> uh, is it a? Uh, is there some clients that you get? You're just like you're just so annoying. You're so stupid. I can't deal with you. I can't represent you. I don't care how much money you pay me. Um, there's been people like that, but it's just you have to test your patience because you get people as you get them. Right? If it's a case you just don't want, you don't have to take it. But yeah, there's a lot of people that are annoying, but they're in the worst position of their life usually when they're coming to see me. Mm. And so you try to be sympathetic. They're going to call you a lot and this and that. So I just try to put myself in that shoes. If I was charged with murder or robbery or as my son or my daughter, I'd be blowing up the lawyer all the time wanting some information, even though I know the process is slow. So I try to put up with it and you know, do the best I can to help them through that time because they call us counselors at law for a reason. Yeah. You just, you have to deal with it. Otherwise you can't be that guy. Cause then you're just a big, a douche as you know, some uh, of the other people. Has anybody left you in their will because you saved their ass? Not that I know of yet. Have they bought you a nice gift? Yes. I've gotten lots of nice gifts I and mean, promised cars. I've had a trip to Miami for the, um, the Miami Open when it used to be on Key Biscayne years ago they put us up in a, at the peninsula and did wow. all that stuff after I got everything taken care of wow. and that was a really fun three or four days and people send you money and all kinds of things when you save them I would totally do it that for the perks it would be awesome like I just represent somebody that could offer me something really cool like oh my god you're offering me a free gym membership for the rest of my life sure I'll defend you <laughs> and you get paid to do it that's neat well, it might be a good gym because otherwise I can spend the $30 on my own to go to LA Fitness. <laughs> I know. Maybe that was a bad example. Uh, is it legal? Is it legal to buy counterfeit jerseys for personal use? What statute or act states or enforces such act? Well, all states have issues that you're not supposed to be selling or buying counterfeit goods, especially if you know that they're counterfeit. So one of the places they hit every now and again when they need to make their quotas is you'll go to the flea markets that are everywhere because they sell a ton of, you know, Folexes and Chanel knockoffs and all that kind of stuff. So not only will the police be able to enforce it, but usually for copyright infringement, the companies come after you and the fines are tremendous as far as that goes. So if you buy a counterfeit jersey, like off, what's Nate, what's that website? Didn't you have a friend that bought a football jersey What's that? Baba Bing. Um, yeah, Alibaba. He Alibaba. Got, I think he got like a a, Bra a Tom Brady jersey, but it said Brody on the back. Because <laughs> <laughs> Alibaba is just pretty much all counterfeit stuff from somewhere. 
uh, you know. Yeah, I, I bought um, a counterfeit Atlanta United jersey on Facebook Marketplace. It was like twenty bucks, and I think uh, I think normally they're a hundred or something like that. But did you know it was uh, counterfeit when you bought it? No. I, I kind of assumed because it was twenty dollars. I just thought it was going to be like a cheap knockoff. It was like the real thing. I don't know what they did, but it it had all the the logos and everything on it. Um, so I kind of figured it was n- fell off a truck. So if you, I mean, w- what's the difference between knowing and assuming? You you can kind of get like you're walking outside of the CNN Center. You're walking out of State Farm Arena, and you see the guy selling hats and shirts of the concert. You know they're counterfeit. Sure. I mean, if you're buying one or two, nobody's going to bother you. The point is, I think the question said, if you bought a whole bunch of them and took them with you, imagine it'd be for resale. That's a problem. Knowledge is the key here. I mean, if you're just a fan walking down the street and you're buying this, hey, man, I had a couple of beers, I bought a hat, nobody's going to bother you as far as that goes. Now, the guy selling the counterfeit stuff will get it. So if you ever go to the SEC championship game, for example, you see all that stuff out there? Hmm. The SEC has a ton of lawyers in the school, have lawyers and other enforcement people that are walking around. They'll talk to these people to see if anybody's selling counterfeit stuff, hmm. and they'll have them swept up. Really? But they do that because, yeah, licensing's a huge deal sure. in sports. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Back in the day, you know, like in the 80s, you go to any concert and it was, you know, pretty, you know, guys walking around with the shirts and sure. it's all blurry, you know, before technology got good enough where you could do almost uh, professional quality work at your house. It was all blurry and the band logo that's been drawn on, <laughs> it was just so bad, but it was kind of cool. You know, I think I still have a couple counterfeit jerseys from concerts I went to. Yeah, I mean, concert sure. shirt I have is like shrunk the first time I washed <laughs> it into like a cabbage patch size or something. You know, yeah, I, that's why I stopped buying uh, concert tees is because there were such bad quality, kind of like radio station t-shirts, but the concert tees now are real. I mean, they, they're more expensive, but the quality is amazing. Sure. I mean, like really, really good T-shirts, you know, because they finally realized radio still hasn't realized this, but concerts have realized if you want people to wear your brand, make it so that they can wear it. And it doesn't shrink up to look like a half shirt after one wash, <laughs> you know, because that's what they usually do. Here's uh, another voicemail for you. Hey, my name's Chrissy. Um, I always live in Walmart and accidentally backed up into a kid. He was directly behind my car, so I didn't see him. And his, I didn't see where his parents were. They weren't nearby. Um, they did call the ambulance. He went to the hospital. Nothing seriously wrong with him. But now his parents want to sue me. So what should I do? Suggestions would be great. Thank you. Uh, call your car insurance company. They'll provide a lawyer and take care of everything as far as that goes. That's why you have car insurance. If you hit somebody? Yeah, if you hit somebody, it's an accident it's with your car. Um, I guess you didn't have a backup camera. I don't know how old the car is, but you know these things happen. Or the kid was being reckless or got away from his parents, and it's an accident. So you call your car insurance company, and they take care of it. What if you're intoxicated when you do it? Well, then there's other issues out there because the But they'll still provide you an attorney? Not necessarily because if it's an intentional act or intoxication type situation where you, you did that to yourself, nobody tricked you into getting drunk. So if it wasn't criminal, though, if it was an accident. It, correct. If it's generally, if it's criminal, they have an out clause as far as that goes. But if it's just a straight up accident, it's... Um, and in some cases, you can even be charged with a crime. Like, for example, remember when the nurses on I-20 got hit by the, the car got hit? 
um, they were driving in the fog and some semi truck hit them. Oh, charged yeah, the yeah, semi truck yeah, guy. Yeah. The insurance still covered it, even though the cops then charged him with some other crimes. So huh. the insurance should be there. She needs to call them immediately because after an accident, you're supposed to call your insurance within so many days. Otherwise, they can waive the coverage. Really? Yeah. Huh. So I would call the car insurance right away. Have you ever hit somebody with your car? I've hit other cars, but never a person. Oh my God, it's the worst feeling. I'm sure. You feel so bad. Like, Plus your car's all dented and it's not good. <sighs> so my car, I don't, have you guys ever hit somebody with your car? I have. You have? Yeah. No. Nate? No? Brandon? Not a, not a person, just a uh, car. Yeah, Brandon? Backed, I backed into a parked car at like three in the morning. That's not a person. I said, have you ever hit someone, <laughs> not a car? Oh, oh someone, my bad. No. A person. I don't know. A lot no. of deers, but no people. Yeah, I know. You hit deers like five times a day. That's weird. <laughs> Who'd you hit? I hit a little child in my apartment complex parking lot. But she's, it was their fault. It the was way, their fault. By the way, she's telling the story with a big smile on her face. I can't. I, I smile <laughs> all the time. Uh, luckily, I'm not on camera. No, I'm you are. I've got three hitting, cameras in here, so don't worry about <laughs> it. Nervous smile is what we tell people. No, um, I was pulling out. I was actually on my way to a job interview, 10 times worse. And uh, this little kid <laughs> comes out of nowhere on his bike and just zoomed right into the, or well, no, he zoomed right in front of me, uh, and I hit him. I mean, I was going like five miles an hour. He was fine. How old was he? Probably like eight. Yeah, he cried. Oh, yeah, he started crying. I almost started crying, to be completely honest. His parents come out? They were pissed yeah, at sure. him. Oh, at him? Yeah, wow. Yeah, luckily, right about the time that I was leaving, someone was pulling in, and she was like, oh, no, I've seen this kid. He flies around here on his bike. I'll hang here and be your witness. That little kid, wow. his dad came over, snatched him up by the ear, and was like, get your little fucking ass inside. I can't believe you. So you should have been an adult and whispered into the parents' ear, don't blame the kid. Blame me, even though it was his fault. Because that kid's going to be scarred now. Like, well, I was totally scarred. Yeah. profusely. And he was like, but he was like, no, 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 you don't understand. You're fine. Like, he was more mad at the kid. I, rem- I was like, I got to go. I'm sorry. I'm in I was, six. I remember year, years and years ago, I was running late. I drove a silver Jeep Cherokee, and I was going to Cocoa Beach to a strip club to do a broadcast. You know, story of my life. Hey, and and I was running late, and I'm pulling in to, like, two minutes until I was going live. And I'm pulling into the parking lot, and for some reason, I backed up or something and I just see in my rear like there was no cameras at the time and cars you know the backup cameras I just see in my rear view mirror this 10 speed flip and this person flip like he was he was in my vision and then out of my vision and then kind of came back into my vision my heart sank I was like oh my god I just killed a man and this was like in the middle like he when when he flipped he did it it was on the side he was on the sidewalk but he ended up in the in the middle of the road, so he could have been hit from ongoing traffic. Uh, and I was like, "Oh my god!" So I stop and I jump out, and it was a homeless guy and a bunch of stuff on this ten speed. And one of the things that he had was a purse, like a woman's purse, and it had all this stuff in it. I think it had pills and and whatnot, and they were everywhere. And I saw a roll of cash, so there's probably some sketchy stuff in there. And he's bleeding, and his jeans are ripped up. Um, and I'm like, oh, my God, what can I do for you? Can I call somebody? Don't worry about it. What can I do? You know, I'm just trying to help. And the guy, it was like, um, it was like, uh, what's the the comment? It's just a flesh wound, you know. Uh, Monty Python. Uh, Monty Python, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Monty Python. He was, I was like, are you okay? He's like, oh, man, don't worry about it, man. It happens all the time. I'm good. And his bike's all bent up, and he, <laughs> he puts everything back together, and he just walks off. 
And it, like within 30 seconds, that was the conversation. But I, I, I don't know if I hit him or I clipped him or it was just one of those things where he fell on his own because I pulled out in front of him or something. I never got the full story. So I just automatically thought that I hit him, you yeah. know, but I didn't. Well, I just, I just remember that you brought that up. I did run someone over and they were on bikes. Also, I was pulling out of a, uh, where was I? Panama city. And I was leaving to go home and I look left, look right. And I go and I just hear this crunch. I'm like, Oh shit. And then there's, I get out and there's this girl underneath the truck with her bike and it's all mangled. Luckily she was okay though. Yeah. That's good. So how does that slip your mind, Brandon? You almost killed somebody. Jill was, was stoked to tell about her hitting a child and Brandon forgets that he's hitting bikers and PCB, you know, <laughs> you will be representing Manny, somebody from this show. I promise you. I look forward to it. Yeah. Uh, my 18 year old daughter is being supplied alcohol from her 30 something year old boyfriend. I have text stating he has. I have video proof she has posted on her social media and pictures she has also posted from her home. The police have been called. They didn't file a report on the man. They filed a report on my daughter as a welfare check. What can I do legally? Well, be a better parent, first off. All right, so they filed a report. I mean, that's something they're supposed to do. You're not supposed to have alcohol as a minor to begin with. If they won't do anything against the person, then you can go file a restraining order against the person to stay away from your daughter in that um, he's providing her alcohol and, you know, committing crimes as far as that goes, and you'll get a restraining order. Even if she's 18? She's an adult? Yeah. yeah really? Yeah, I mean, she'd have to consent to it as far as that goes if, you know, you're the mom. I mean, there's some rules. Otherwise, you still can't drink under 21. Yeah, I, I, I shouldn't have said be a better parent because the kid's 18, so the kid can do whatever she wants. But this was like a lead up, you know, an 18-year-old. Well, I mean, 18 dating a 30-year-old, that's pretty. Uh, that's bad. Well, I mean, you know, good for the 30-year-old, I guess, but um, mm. it's just a interesting choice. My daughter will not be dating a 30-year-old. That is not going to happen. He would die before that happened. <laughs> Probably be 45. <laughs> SugarDaddy.com. No. Here it comes. Free college. <laughs> so, so an article of this girl. It was interesting. She was like 24, 25, and she's dating a guy that's like 50-some years old, and... It, you know, you automatically think it's either sexual or sugar daddy or this and this and that. But her reasoning for doing that, she said, is she goes, I'm mature among my years and I find maturity attractive. I thought that was a really good reason to give to date an older person. Was he rich, though? Didn't I? I don't know <laughs> yeah. if he was or not. I'm assuming he probably wasn't poor. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, then that answer sounds great. But, yeah. You've uh, never seen a young, good-looking, young, attractive woman with a poor older man. You've been to Miami, right? Yeah, there's yeah. no such thing as that. <laughs> Does, yeah, that doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. You're not going to date an older guy unless he's got money, right? It depends on how much older. No, 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 no. You're lying. It depends it, on how much older. It's if it's depends someone, on how much yeah, money. Am I going to date like a 55-year-old that's broke and lives at his mom's house? Absolutely not. Of course. You're looking for the money. Uh, if someone uses Venmo to fraudulently transfer money from one person's bank account to their account and the victim's bank tracked their location through the IP address, but at the time the victim didn't press charges, almost a year later, could the victim decide to press charges? The amount stolen was around $2,000. Yes, the, uh, <clears throat> the statute of limitations is up to four years. Oh. But why would you wait a year to report it? because now the person that stole it is going to say they loaned it to me, they did this, that's why they didn't do it, and now we're having a breakup in our relationship or there's some kind of 
controversy, and that's why they're accusing me of doing this when there was nothing illegal about it. So I could defend that in my sleep. But oh. yes, they could call the police. Most felonies have a four-year statute of limitations. Why don't you make that your new slogan? That's badass. What's that? I'm Manny Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm. I could defend that in my sleep. Well, I kind of have to know what that is. And then you like co-op with Mattress Firm. And then it's just, you know, your, your commercial is you laying in. So would I be riding those little sheep when the commercials come out of there and sleeping? Is that not brilliant? Like, who would not hire the defense attorney that's co-opted, partnered up with Mattress Firm to talk about how he could defend you in his sleep? Like, that is so, per- that's brilliant marketing right there. That's you Lincoln know? Lawyer material. Oh, right yeah. There. You're no longer Mad Dog Manny. You are now Mattress Manny. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We're calling him Mad Dog Manny. He's now Mattress Manny. Uh, maybe he Nate, does not sleep with his clients. Nate, yeah. maybe, maybe we can get a Manny t-shirt for the merch store, uh, a mattress Manny. He can defend you in his sleep and just have him kind of laid out on a mattress or something. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I, I like it. Do you mind if we do that? No, it's fine. And profit the Lincoln off your lawyer face? sounds cooler, but uh, M&M, not bad. Mattress Manny. M&M, mattress Manny. Yeah. Or are you looking for a defense attorney? Hmm. <laughs> Mattress Manny. <laughs> he doesn't just spit bars. He passed it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, this is fun. All right, last one. Is it illegal for a woman officer to search a man uh, on the side of the road? There were only two women, no man, men on the scene. It's not illegal, but usually the policy is to have the same sex people do it but if there's some circumstance that required them to search it earlier in case there's some suspicion of weapons or something for safety purposes then yeah that's totally fine so it's not a law it's not a law it's just policy because you want a woman to touch a woman so nobody accuses you of anything improper but now everybody's got body cam so that they can sort of see what's going on does anybody care who searches you at tsa like if it's a man or a woman I don't care. I just want it over with as fast as possible so yeah. I can get in my way. Now, my kids are different. Like, my daughter had to get searched on the Bahamas trip, and they pulled her because they were wearing sweatshirts, and they couldn't take them off. Yeah. And so they're like, we're going we're gonna to pat we're gonna pat her down uh, as a female, and but we need uh, permission from, we need the guardian to, or the parent to be here and watch. And I was like, all right, well, let me bring my wife over here, that kind of thing. You know, and it, it bothers me a little bit, but I'm like, why did you wear a sweatshirt with no shirt underneath? What are you doing, kid? Yeah. You know, so it's like I get it it's for the safety purposes. But for me personally, I don't care if it's a dude or a chick, to be honest with you. It's just a policy. There's no law for it. It's just so nobody accuses anybody of doing anything inappropriate. Do you mind if a male pats you down, Joe? What, a TSA? Yeah. I'm not too worried about, what about it. A Unless cop? they start like grabbing inappropriately and then they're going to get punched in the face. Well, they got to go under the bra. They got to. The, the... No, they don't. No, they do. No, they under the bra, bra, bra wire. Yeah, they do. They pat under there. Well, I guess I don't wear bra wires, so I don't have to worry about no. that. We'll learn something new about Jill today. She doesn't wear bras. All right. Nate, do you care? Um, yeah, I think it depends on what they're doing because they do. I don't know if you guys remember, they do get kind of in there cause they got to go up in your crotch. And I think Brandy had gotten checked at TSA and they put their hands like between her boobs and back around. So I feel like it's, I feel like it's the same thing as, um, getting a physical in high school. You don't want to get a boner with one or the other. So I think, I don't know who I want. Maybe I want the girl and I'll have a boner in the airport with the girl rather than the guy. What a, what a great list that would be like who gives the most sexual pat down? What airport gives the most sexual pat downs? Just travel to as many, the top 50 airports, just travel to all 50 of them and get pat down and see who does the most sexual one. <laughs> what a great list. 
Uh, maybe somebody will, uh, after this is released, uh, somebody will comment on some of their pat-downs, and we can find some of the most inappropriate pat-down airports in the country. All right, so uh, those are all the emails. These are good questions, yes? Good yeah, questions? Good. Yeah, good questions. Except for the grammar question, I guess. Well, the, the truth be told, a lot, most of them are, are bad like that. I, I'm self-editing as I, as I read them. You know, Nate sends me a list just because I'm a pro like that. Any uh, any other stories that you have from uh, any new clients possibly? We have lots of uh, murder cases coming up in the fall. There'll be some good ones. One is where a guy was supposedly fighting with his girlfriend and a witness says he pulled her by the hair and it tore the vertebral artery in her neck, um, which is very hard to do. Wow. Um, but then the medical examiner didn't take the cross-section properly, so there's no proof that the artery tore. So it's going to be a very interesting Murder charge. And so, you're representing the boyfriend. Yeah. Is course. he in jail right now? No, he's out on bond. He's out on bond. So it's just the darndest thing. I mean, Emmys are good at, um, you know, gunshots and stabbings and stuff, but this is a very, very complex medical issue. And so you've got an Emmy that's never done one before or since uh-huh. and just sort of ran with it. And now you're looking at uh, maybe going to prison for life over a fight with your girlfriend. So, but did he grabbed her hair though? Well, that's what the witnesses say, but there's no bruising or marks on the woman anywhere. Um, based on what the EMS people said and the people at the autopsy said. So is he saying that he did not? Yeah, he said, I didn't do anything. Plus, there's extensions in her hair. So I've, I've learned about extensions and how hard they are to pull out because you really have to jerk something. But I guess if you weave the extensions in, maybe they don't come out. If they're glued, they tear out. Jill? It I don't just know. depends, yeah. Like, if you can sew them in, you can glue them in. I've seen them ripped out before. Yeah, this is a 220-pound man, and if you're jerking somebody hard enough to do that, you'd think the weave would come out. But so what? What, what is he saying? How did she die? It's a good weave. She had a heart attack. She also had a very bad heart. She was a young person that didn't realize it, that she had a 60-year-old heart, um, myocardial fibrosis. Oh, wow. And so the issue then becomes, did the fight cause her to have a heart attack well under that logic an argument could cause a heart attack she could drop dead just walking down the street she also happened to be a stripper um you could be having sex and they could you know die so i mean are you gonna be charged with murder for that they say strippers have bad hearts that's what i mean that's if if there's one thing i learned to be in other strip clubs they all have bad hearts they just they're not their tickers not ticking as fast as their tickers should be taken so could her condition that she has cause the injury that she sustained? Not that injury uh, yeah. necessarily. And there's no way to really connect that injury to the heart because the medical folks that we've hired will all say from Duke, you know, that the heart could have gone at any time. Right. It just happened to be in this circumstance. So the question is to trying to charge him. They have charged him with murder for this. It's crazy. Wow. You think, you, you think you're going to win? Yeah. Yeah. So do you think he'll get anything? He shouldn't get anything. I mean, I, I guess um, misdemeanor battery, that's what essentially what it is. When you don't leave a mark on anybody and say you pulled them by the hair, all right, I guess that's a misdemeanor battery, I suppose. What about her family? Is her family involved? Yeah, her family's involved. They were there. He was just there to get a ship back, um, part of my language. Um, no, she had fine. his Rolex. Then she went outside after they argued and bashed in all the windows of his Ranger over, Ooh. which caused more of a problem. What kind of guy I would this? be a little upset. He got a lot of cash? He is one of those guys that got into the cryptocurrency way in the beginning. Uh-huh. And now he just has tons of properties and he manages those properties and makes a living. And he's still got a lot of crypto. Yeah. But he caught it when it was a couple of bucks. Now it's like, what, $38,000 a, a coin or whatever. Was I have she, a friend like that. Was she a good looking stripper? 
I mean, it depends on what you think is good looking. I mean, a woman that doesn't look like somebody stomped on their face with golf cleats. Well, I've only seen the autopsy photos, so they're never very flattering. I haven't gone too much into the social media to see what she looks like. I'm, I'm sure she was fine. Well, for some reason, there's like the good looking strippers and then there's the golf cleat strippers. You know, the ones with like the pocket holes in their face. And it's like, yeah, that's like an oasis situation versus like a magic <laughs> city, <Oasis>. right? <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a meth. It's a meth thing, I think. Uh, any other? I mean, that's a fantastic case. Any others? It's going to be fun, and that might actually get covered by A&E. They do a innocent something show. I don't know if you've seen it before, but they asked us if we'd agree to do that so they can do all the behind-the-scenes stuff while we prep for the trial. Do you need me for anything? Uh, I will once we get the contract signed if we choose to do it. Just say we, Jason Bailey is our... He's he, our hype man. He, he, he's got to be, right? I'm the Mattress Manny hype man. Yeah. I need to be on this A&E show. To, to, I, I, say you're sending a representative to discuss the case, and I'll discuss the case in the way I discuss it. Does anybody this. watch A&E anymore? I, I do, oh, actually. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I'm actually an A&E fan. Yeah. All right, well, look up the show. It's like something innocent or whatever, but they cover a case from... You know, start to finish, and so they pick one or two cases every year, and then they do the quasi documentary about it. Wow, that's look at that. He's representing Anna Delvey, and now A and E's calling him. Oh my god, yeah. For the Range Rover stripper uh, heart attack case. Uh, any others? Uh, nothing quite as glamorous. Yeah, that's you know, as a, that's tough to top. The but. other good one is you were. I think you've talked about Young Thug in the past. Well, he has a lot of jewelry, right, that jewelers give you, mm -hmm. just like designers give you jewelry, right, yeah. to wear and all that. So after he got arrested, all his stuff got seized by the cops. So the no. jeweler in New York has asked us to try to get the stuff back. The DA's fighting us on it. And we're talking about over a million dollars worth of jewelry with these giant chains. And so you're going after Young Thug? No, I'm going after the DA to release the shit that doesn't belong to him it's really the new york guy's thing uh -huh. because young thug was on tour if you recall i mean I he had a recall. show coming up in state farm either this month or in the Look next week you, or so all young thugged out <laughs> well I, I got season tickets for the hawks and stuff so that includes a lot of concerts uh -huh. so you get these alerts that these That's concerts awesome. are coming up and um yeah i thought that'd be kind of fun um but yeah, they took the stuff, so now I have to go after the DA's office to release it. So there'll be some lawsuits and stuff. Going. Well, Brandon is—he's a big Young Thug fan, and so he's probably, I'm assuming, wondering if there's a way that Manny Aurora can introduce you to Young Thug, or at least his jeweler in New York, right, Brandon? Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be fun. <laughs> I can handle the jeweler. Young Thug's been to my office. You remember when they shot up? What? Um, what's his name? Um, Wayne. Wayne, Little Wayne's bus. I yep. represented the guy that was accused of shooting up the bus, and so they all came to the house and hung out and talked me through stuff. How is he? What kind of what He's kind of guy is he? Incredibly tall and super thin, like a stick. Mm -hmm. I've heard that. Um, but there was a. A certain aroma that came from the group. They rolled up in like two or three giant black SUVs. So I think my neighbors thought I was getting raided by the feds. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they came in. And it was very interesting. That was like ten years ago, before they were big, big like they are now. Were they? Were they nice? They were, everybody's nice to me because they need me to help them. So yeah. yeah, it's hard to get the true feeling of somebody until after it's all over okay afterwards were they nice yeah then they either hate your guts or not yeah they were fine yeah so did they keep in contact does he shoot you a text every once in a while i mean i don't really keep in contact it's just not my scene you know as far as that goes there's nothing in common you ever hit but you could hit him up and say dude i hear you're coming to, to, to town i'd like to go to your concert i don't know if i could say i could hit him up usually it's the managers i talk to more yeah. so than the the talent because 
I speak a different language, they wouldn't understand what I'm saying and vice versa. You guys don't know how gangster Manny Aurora really is. You, like, look at him and you're like, oh, this is a tight guy. He's this very conservative dude. He's like, no, no, no. He's on tour with Young Thug. He's going to New York representing Anna Delvey. I mean. I pull out my chains. Yeah. He's got some cred. He's, yeah. yeah, total street cred. Like, Manny, Manny's the guy that everybody goes to. Uh, com. So, should you. Uh, again, here in Atlanta, but practicing nationwide, uh, specializing in criminal law. If you need him, theauroralawfirm.com. Any voicemail questions for his next visit into the studios, 404-369-3825. You can go to podcastthebs.com as well and uh, leave a question uh, email form right there on the homepage. Not a problem. Thanks for coming in, buddy. Thanks for having me. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. You want to know when the best time to upgrade your house? Always. Always a good idea. It's great for your property value, especially if you're in the business of trying to sell it right now. And definitely the kitchen and definitely the bath. UCI Kitchen and Bath, that's where you need to be. They've been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator, plus installer for the past 20 years. Extremely fair prices, quality of work, excellent service, Uh, sets them apart from their competitors in their industry, which is a busy, busy industry. So if you want to visit the showroom located in Norcross, Georgia, right there, you can see their cabinets, you can see the granite, you can see the countertops, you can see the quartz, you can see the marble, you can see the quartzite, and you can watch them cut it there too. It's a one-stop shop as UCI Kitchen and Bath also provides the installation on whatever you buy. Let's save you some cash. Mention the BS, you get 10% off regular priced countertops. So, save some money. Mention the Bailey Show podcast, 10% off regular priced countertops. UCIGranite.com. David Hawks, owner of Rockland Contracting, would like to thank all of you two percenters for making this year such an amazing year for his business. Veteran-owned, established in 2009, David Hawks is slammed, all because of you two percenters. Specializing in deck design and build, also basement remodel, new HVAC installation, uh, interior and exterior painting as well. So, with Rockland Contracting so busy because of you, they're taking appointments for next year. Get a hold of them, 678-879-3867, 678-879-3867, or rocklandcontractingllc.com. He's also looking for anyone that needs a job. $20 an hour is where you start. Previous experience, like deck building or framing, a must so you can get a hold of David Hawks, 678-879-3867. Help you help your business get to the next level. And you do that by incorporating create graphics in there. Whether it's vehicle wraps, corporate events you might be having, interior, exterior events, graphic design and apparel. Create Graphics is a full-service graphics company that specializes in graphic design, wide format printing, and graphic installation excellent customer service where every project is going to get that one-on-one experience from start to finish creategraphics.net c-r-e-a-t-e-g-r-a-p-h-i-x.net or you can call 770-369-9962 770-369-9962 son of a bitch i'll be loving you forever just as long as you subscribe to the bailey show nobody is going to save you now If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you, Jason. (laughs) 
Big thanks to Mac Development Group for uh, sponsoring this episode. If you're looking to build your dream cabin or mountain home in Western North Carolina, get a hold of these these fine folks at Mac Development Group, M-A-C-K, in a one-stop shop deal. And they're currently booking for the full-time builds, but when I say one-stop shop, they handle everything from your land acquisition design to the general contracting and building. So really all you have to do is go to their website, get a hold of them, set it up, and they'll do the rest. MacDevelopment.com, M-A-C-K, development.com. Oh, before I talk about uh, my baseball experience, I mean, remember when we had Ethan Gar on, the guy, uh, when I first found out about RoboKiller, the app? Oh, yeah. 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 So, in, do you guys use it at all, by any chance? No, no I can't. Uh, yeah, you probably, right, because it does, it blocks just about everybody. <laughs> like, yeah, you, I can't do that. Yeah, so th- I've missed a lot of calls from it, too. Um, so, uh, but I do use it. And, but in the, in the app, you can, you can put these customized voicemails, either you can do it or you can take a celebrity voicemail. And I took iced tea. And so when they call, you know, it's the old, hello, hello, hello. I can't, what? Hello. You know, it's one of those types of things, but I did the iced tea version just cause I like iced tea and very rarely will the spam people talk to, like, I've been trying to get audio from this for a very long time, but they, there's nothing there. You know, it might be like one or two words in the hand, but this finally, I got one that bought it for a couple seconds. <laughs> it was good. So here is, uh, I don't even know who they are, what they want, but they're trying to get a hold of me. Yo, 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 this is a new phone. Who's this? May I speak with Jason? Hey, yo, what's good? Hello. This is Michael speaking, sir. I work with the local home buyers. How are you? I I didn't catch that. Can you hear me okay? Hello? Exactly coming through clear right now, homie. I need you to speak up. (laughs) Then he hung up. (laughs) I just think it's funny. (laughs) That was like a good 12 seconds. Yo, yo. Yo, yo. Yo, yo. (laughs) That's great. Yo, yo. Yo, yo. yo, this is a new phone. Who's this? <laughs> May I speak with Jason? That's <laughs> so stupid funny. Uh, like, the guy's like, you know, do you think he gets off the phone? He's like, oh, he got me with the old iced tea thing again. Just son of a bitch. Uh, so I went to uh, a Brave. I, I've not yet gone to a Braves game at Truist Park. And I, I've I've been not to a lot of ball fields, but I've got to think Truist Park has got to be one of the best ball fields to go to. And I, I so I got the tickets um, from my friend Jenny, and she got them through her friends at uh, Sugarland Distillery. And they put out a really good product, Sugarland does. And so, uh, so we get, she drives to the ballpark, right? And the ballpark's not that far from our house, it's like 20, 25 minutes. And so she decides to drive. I would have Ubered, but she drove. And she's like, I got this secret parking spot, you know. Well, the parking spot was filled, so not so secret. So there's an overflow. <laughs> we go to the overflow. And I, I guess it's just that I, I I usually will Uber to these places. I don't pay for the parking. But it was $60 to park at this bank or something. Like, it was a ridiculous, it was absurd. There's a line. 
for people to pay $60 to park their car at this little, like I wouldn't even feel safe with my truck there. The spots weren't big enough. See, and I was like, you know, let me pay for, she's like, no, I got it. I was like, okay. So then we walk into the ballpark and have you guys been to, I mean, it's been around, Trish, we've had it for a minute. Have you guys been to a Braves game at Trish yet? Oh yeah. yeah. I've been to tons. I was actually at the grand opening of the uh, stadium. I got to tour the inside. It was cool. Oh, good for you. Ha- have I been to a ball game at the truest? I don't know. Maybe. No, I'm asking probably not. you probably don't know, but is he frozen? Hey, uh, like, I think he's frozen. Did, I, I'm, did we do something <laughs> with the, I mean, we worked for a radio station that was the FM flagship station of the Braves for years, like three years. Did I ever go to a Braves game when I was at that radio station? Uh, I don't. Re- I don't think so. I think the last time I remember you going was when the uh, Turner Field was being torn down, and we got to tear down the number and be on the field for the countdown. Yeah, the cardboard cutout was there. I know that. Uh, at the new one, at Truist. Yeah, remember they uh, put all the cardboard cutouts out there. Yeah, yeah. I I, had, I still have that. Yeah, in the stadium or out in the stands. Oh, that's Every- right. They did that during the pandemic, and they put. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's so right. So technically, you've been there. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I was trying to. I, like, I, I got there, and I'm like, God, I've been missing out. It was such a great time, and I couldn't believe. I, I was. I, I couldn't. Well, I couldn't believe. I couldn't think of if I'd been to a game there yet. You know, because I saw Metallica there, but I think other than that and the the stadium tour with Motley Crue and Poison and Def Leppard and Joan Jett, I've not been there. But I felt like I had been there. It was very, very weird. So we walk in, and I'm just along for the ride. You know, it's just like, hey, we're going to go see a ball game. It's Braves and the Giants and whatever. That's cool. Um, And so me, Rach, and our friend Jenny, and we're walking down, and our tickets say we're in Section 35. And so we're seats 1, 2, and 3, and 35. I'm like, well, I'm thinking... Section 35 is probably going to be pretty good. So we walk in and we find section 35. And, you know, the 35 that we thought we were sitting in, they were good. They were, you know, they weren't like right behind on plate or anything, but they were, they were up a little, but it was, it was good. It was fine. It was going to be nice and enjoyable. But there were people in our seats. So I said, uh, I, you know, excuse me, but I, I think you're in our seats. Here's our ticket and this and that. So now I've got like this whole section trying to figure it out. And then you've got some people that are upset because some people are standing and other people are talking. I mean, it was, it started to become a thing. And so I'm trying to lighten up the mood. And I'm like, sir, if you don't mind, I'll just sit on your lap for the rest of the game. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. You know? So finally somebody says, dude, because <laughs> everybody at baseball game screams, <laughs> dude, dude, 35's down there. You're in the wrong 35. So we had like, I guess, better seats, according to this guy. And I was like, I am so sorry. I apologize. And then the guy makes a little funny back. He says, you want to switch seats with me, young man? And I'm like, no, it's fine. But when we walk away, one of the people that we were talking to about this goes, like we, we, we did this whole thing for probably about three or four minutes. And as we walk away, they, they go, uh, no problem, Rachel. Good to see you. <laughs> so they were fans of the show, whatever, but they knew Rachel, they knew we were the, the entire time. We like, we knew each other, I guess, but they, they just said bye to Rachel. It was really weird. Um, so we walked down. I said, did you know that person? Like, no, they're obviously fans of the show. I was like, Oh, that's cool. So we walked down. These seats are right behind the visitor dugouts. So you have the giants dugout third baseline 
I'm like 15 feet from the third baseman. That's how close we were. It was very exciting, right? So we sit down and the seats are better. Like they're, they're squishier and they, 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 they're more comfy and they look, I think they're wider too. It was very comfortable. And so I don't know what's going on because I've never been to a game and, you know, I, I, I've never been to a game and I've definitely never been to a game and been treated like this before. So I'm very excited about this. Now, when I lived in Tampa, I went to the Rays games all the time. They always took very good care of us. They, they would put us in the leather seats, which were these big, um, um, big, uh, cushiony, like recliners right behind home plate. And you had access to, uh, this, this whole floor with tons of food and it was just the best time, but it was a hike from my house. So it was kind of a, a, a travel thing. So we sit down and this young guy who's like in charge of our section, I thought he was our waiter. I was like, well, we must be in first class. I want to order some food from this guy. So I said, hey, dude, do you take uh, orders and uh, like drink orders? And he goes, oh, no, 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 we don't do that. He was like, but I can answer any questions that you might have. I said, oh, I don't have any questions. And he goes, well, if you do want drinks, you know you have access to the, a, uh, to the Sugarland A-lister clubhouse. Ooh, what is that? <laughs> he goes, if you walk right down there and you take a right, you go down, you show them your ticket, you get in there, there's free popcorn, and after the third inning, free ice cream. Really? Free ice cream? I've been craving ice cream for a couple years now. I could do some ice cream, I got to tell you. And he goes, yes, there's a full bar, and there's concessions in there as well. And my wife's like, free popcorn? Like, it's like we had never been out before <laughs> or even treated like this. We were so besides ourselves. We were so excited. We were like kids in candy shop. We just felt like we were we were kings of the castle. We were on top of the world. And so we're watching the game, and we, we go into the, the Sugar Land little area, and we buy, you know, a couple wiener dogs and get some pretzels, get all the baseball stuff. We, we, get, our, we get our Sugar Land drinks because, you know, you want to drink the drink that's taking care of you, of course, and posted on social media. Uh, I, I knew about them before this whole thing, and I'd been introduced to, to their product. It's a very good product. And so uh, they have, like, all these free boxes of popcorn lined up. You just take one. You just take five, take as many boxes of popcorn as you want. And so we, uh, we get all the stuff, and we get our drinks, and, and then we go back out. And uh, we're watching the game, and the, the, the Giants are up two to nothing early with two solo home runs and I'm making posts on social media. I didn't realize how many people actually watch fucking baseball. Like everybody, like there was a lot of people replying back to my posts. Like, did you, did you see this? Did you watch this? Did you see this? That was bullshit. Did you? No idea. There's that many baseball fans. It was really cool. Now I'll be the first to tell you, I enjoy baseball. I appreciate baseball, but I haven't watched a full baseball game on TV in a very long time. Um, could I give you the entire lineup of the Atlanta Braves? No, 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 not even close. Uh, so there was, I was not really invested in the game. Of course, I wanted the Braves to win because I live in Atlanta and that was cool. There was a lot of Giants fans there too, which surprised me, uh, at the, at the stadium. So, uh, so, uh, we're watching the game and then we go get our free ice cream and we get some more drinks. I got a soda pop and a collector's cup, you know, little plastic cups you buy. And we come back. I put a dippers in. I talk to some people, meeting some people. Everybody's very friendly and very nice. And then the chop. I forgot about the power of the chop. Oh, oh, oh. 
everybody's synced up. Oh, 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 little kids out there. That's emotional. That's powerful. When you're amongst thousands of people doing the same thing for the same reason and one reason and one reason only because you want the home team to win, that's fucking cool, right? I mean, that's what gets your boner bonering to do shit like that. So I'm like, yeah, uh, uh, a little off beat, but I was like, yeah, uh, I'm getting it. Very exciting times. Then it starts to get dark. And I, I, I guess this is a tradition. I did not know this, right? I sound like an idiot right now, especially for people that live here. Brandon, I don't know if you watch the games or how much you're up on the Braves, but I, I know I sound stupid right now. Do I not? Yeah, you sound a little out of touch, which, you know, when it comes to new stuff, then you kind of are. Okay, fine. Take all the shots you want. But you know what? I'm excited. And I and I got excited. But the point of me telling the story is that for nine like between the first inning and the ninth inning, I will tell you there is not a better feeling than to be at that baseball game and the time that I had. It was amazing. Like it was it was just like this incredible relaxing camaraderie feeling that you have that you're in a city with all these people that are chanting and then the the walk-off win at the end was all I mean like I'm sitting there and and right before okay so this is the other I guess this is tradition so there's a a chop in which after the first one I was like isn't this racist didn't we say this was racist are we all I mean we're all pretending like we're Indians right now I don't think that's very PC I don't care but I mean I the world might think it's a little weird, but anyway, anyway, I'm in. Oh, you know, we're all doing that. Thing. But they, it, when it starts to get dark, they lower the lights in the stadium. And everybody puts their flashlight on their phone and does the chop with their fucking flashlights. Holy shit. That's badass, dude. You know, I'm sitting there going, this is why America's, uh, baseball's America's pastime. Not any other sport. Because... You go to a football game, you don't get this same... I've been to many football games. You don't get this same feeling at a football game. You just don't. It's not the same vibe. And I and maybe it's because there's so much downtime in the game, and then when it pops, like when you have big plays... Like the, the story of the game that I went to was perfect. You know, the two solo home runs, the lull in the middle, few errors in the game kind of thought like the Braves weren't playing very good baseball. And then the ninth inning, they come to life. It was like they were in a boxing match and they just were like, hit me, hit me, hit me, set me up, set me up. I'm just waiting for you to tire out by pow. And they just knock them out. And I I mean, I, I was the biggest fucking baseball fan in the world at this game. By the ninth inning, I wanted to buy season tickets. That's how exciting it was. I mean, it, like, I, I haven't felt anything like that in a very long time. Um, and then we were all high-fiving. Yeah, yeah. I was high-fiving strangers, and, uh, you know, in a pandemic. Bam, fuck yeah. Fuck you, COVID. Bam, go Braves. I mean, that's how that shit was going down, man. This lady behind me had two small children, and she trusted me enough to leave her iPad with me while she took them to the bathroom, and I never even met her. That's just how we roll when we're bravos. I mean, that's just how we are. We trust one another. Oh, my God. It was an experience. I had such a great time. We're going back in like another week. Same seats. 
You know, I mean, it was, it was fascinating. It was great. I was posting videos and pictures and reels and, and all kinds of stuff at this event. Um, this was great. Fantastic. I just say, I highly suggest everybody go to a Braves game. It's really good. Yeah, that was so, definitely a good kick-ass game, especially for your first game. That was a, that was a good game. I watched it on TV. I was trying to see you, but I never did. Well, it's, it's not my first Braves game. I've lived in the city for almost nine years. You know, it's just the first one at Truist. So, I mean, I mean I'm not that... A little embellishment in that story. Don't make me sound like an idiot. Okay. You know. Well, the first one of this park. (laughs) (laughs) It was a lot of fun, though. It was funny because the third baseman, Evan Longoria, uh, I remember he was a rookie and he he played for the Rays. And I had him in the studio. He's kind of a douche. Uh, I'm sure he's not now. He's probably a lot more mature since he's older and whatnot. I was like, I know that fucking dude. Uh, guy, guy he's playing for the race, you know? And then I'm like looking up everybody because I want to learn about it. Like if I'm watching a movie, I'm like, oh, who is that? I want to know. They had a guy on the Giants, Mike Yastrzemski. I'm like, I bet you Carl Yastrzemski is his father. What the fuck am I thinking? Carl Yastrzemski is his grandfather. <laughs> Fucking grandfather. <laughs> like, holy shit. Uh, that's, you know, that's cool, right? Uh, your dad's Carl, or your granddad's Carl Yastrzemski. Like, whoa, that's kind of neat. So it was just great. It was, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Then we laughed. We, la- we, we waited to the end. Thank God. If you miss that. Oh, so there was this, this guy that was sitting in the same section as us, but he was like in the second row. So he was a couple up from us to, to my right. And he was like a diehard Braves guy. He was sweaty, kind of chubby, bushy beard, young guy, a lot of energy, very, very exciting. And there were a few quite a few San Francisco giant fans around us. And one guy was scary looking big dude, all tatted up wearing camo cargos and had his giants Jersey on and had his kids with him. you know, dad taking the kids to the ballpark, which I love to see. That's one of my favorite things. When I go to a baseball game, dads with their kids. That's so cool. Cause I never had that. I just, that is the ultimate dad kid thing to do. And he says, you know, as the Braves are coming back, right, the Giants fans are getting irritated now. And this guy says to this kid, he goes, hey, bro, why don't you sit down? You know, not the nicest, most pleasant way to ask him to sit down. This kid turns around, looks at him. And when I say kid, I mean, he's like in his 20s, right? Uh, He turns around and looks at this guy, twice his size, five times as mean. And he says, why don't you stand up? (laughs) I was like, oh, (laughs) shit. Uh, and then the guy just kind of went silent, but you could tell he was mad because he just got called out by this kid that he could destroy in a heartbeat in front of his kids, right? And so the game ends with the, the walk-off, and, and, and we score, and we win. Uh, was it 3-2? What was the final score? 4-3? 3-2? 4-3? I think it was 3-2. 3-2. Anyway, there is this older guy and his wife, older couple that were sitting almost directly in front of us. And for some reason, the, 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 the Braves energetic guy kid turns around after, right after we win or no, as we were kind of all filing out. Like, so there's a couple minutes of break time. In between. He turns around and he like, I mean, this was two rows back in another section he like leaps at them and he goes, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and this older bald headed San Francisco giants fan 
lunges at him. And I thought they were going to fight. And the wife pulls him back. And the little skinny guy that was in charge of our section, he uh, he didn't know what to do. And I said, you better get up in between that or something's going to happen. He's like, oh, my gosh, I've got to get security. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's like scattering around. trying. To, I was like, do you need some help? He's like, no, you shouldn't get involved. I got to go find security. <laughs> He's like running around. Nothing ever happened, thank God. You know, you don't want to see that. The guy, there was a little, you know, there's 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 a way to gloat and there's a way not to gloat. You don't you don't get in somebody's face and you don't embarrass them in front of their wife or their kids or something like that. That's, that's, you want to be a classy winner. You want to be a classy fan. You don't want to be like the guy that screamed at the dude to sit down. He shouldn't have done it like that. Just said, Hey buddy, excuse me. Do you mind just sitting down so my kids can see he's, he's, he's the winner automatically. If the guy turns around as a dick, he's the bad guy. Right. Yeah. So, but the guy was being a tough guy and he was pissed because his team was losing. But uh, the passion is great. I mean, really was was an incredible experience. I, I know you guys think that I'm I'm like weird for for making it seem this big, but I I I can't tell you the I I haven't had a time like that in a very long time. I mean, it was such a good time. Um, I couldn't sleep. Yeah, she, she get out. Yeah, I know. That's what I was saying to myself. I'm like, this is what happens when you go outside, Jason. You know, but my wife said I shouldn't go out in public a lot. I was like, but look, it was so much fun. Um, it really was. It was such a great experience. It really, really was. So I don't know. Yeah, don't know. yeah. It's a good time, definitely. And they, and I don't know if like it came from baseball being you know kind of characterized as boring, but they they do a lot of things during the game and at the stadium and stuff to make to add extra entertainment to it. So it's a lot of fun. Well, at Truist Park is my friend Mark Owens, who is the in house. MC Mike Monkey guy, and he's been doing that for years. He's a great guy, very talented guy, very nice guy, and he does a great job with the microphone. You know, and they do all the little gimmicky things where they have the tools that run around, and the guy's got to steal second and get back, and you know that's that's cool. Um, the the one that's been around for a very long time is the is the hats and the ball under the hat, and you have to you know find out which one it is, right? It's the old street trick. And I've always been very good at that. Again, it's been a minute since I've seen a baseball game, right? I've gone to a baseball game. I don't think I've ever not gotten that correct. They they usually make it pretty simple, a little complicated, but pretty simple. So what they do is they have the three hats, they show you which is underneath, and then you've got to follow it. And then when you're done, you guess... You know, you can guess, but they also allow the crowd, allegedly, to vote. And then they give a percentage of what the crowd thinks it is. They've made it very difficult. I don't know what the person won, but that was really fucking hard. I mean, it, was, it wasn't like I remembered the, the hat and the ball and the bouncing back and forth. thing. Like, they, it was like... Like, there's no way you're following that. You're just taking a guess at the end. You can't win that game. That's impossible. You know, like, I, I came in last place. I was like, oh, no, it's one. No. Oh, then it's two. Well, it's three. Fuck, it's three. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I had no idea. So, anyway, it was a lot of fun. It was good. I suggest you go. A, a baseball is still and will always be America's pastime. Right? Because there's, mm. no, there's no other sport that could take its place. I mean... 
Well, it's not the most, I don't know. It depends on what you consider America's pastime. It's not the most popular sport. So no, I I would say American football would be America's pastime because that's what people do to pass the time. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) But, but but the thing with America's pastime would be um, the history. Like there's not another American sport that has the, the rich history and tradition that baseball does. You know, I mean, baseball's been around a lot longer than football. Um, and as much as I'm a football fan and I love watching football and, you know, to an extent going to a game maybe, uh, the, the, it just feels like when you watch a baseball game, you can just consume it a lot better, you know. It's just you're you're taking it all in. It get, lets you relax, lets you wind, lets you kind of decompress. And, you know, there's something to be said about that. You know, to take nine innings. I mean, it was a pretty fast baseball game, too. You know, when they go long and they go extra innings or whatever the case is, like, you're there for a minute. But I didn't want to go anywhere. I, I didn't I, I just wanted to sit there. I was just so relaxed, drinking my drinks, eating my pretzels, eating my wiener dogs, having my free popcorn, eating my ice creams, watching people watching. It was great. Look like I saw a lot of people look like they were on dates, like first dates. You know, what a great first date. Go to a baseball game. Get on that Bumblebee app. You know, that you swipe left or up or down or whatever you do. You know, like say, hey, look, I got tickets for a Braves game. You know, do you want do you want a Bumblebee with me there? And then you go there. That's like the greatest first date ever. Buy her a wiener dog. See how she works the hot dog. Uh, I mean, it's, it's fucking great. Like if I were single, I would have season tickets. I'd take all my bitches to the Braves games. That's what I'd do. Oh yeah, it's the best, and it's because it's kind of like going to a movie, but you don't have to be quiet. And if you go to the bathroom, like take a dump for an hour and get get a couple drinks, you can come back and and nothing has really changed. Yeah. I mean, stuff can change in that amount of time, but the game's not like over. You know, it's you can you can miss parts of it and still come back for the end and see the finale of it. You could actually technically have two dates at a baseball game in two different places in the stadium, and still have a successful night. Yeah, you could be like Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, yeah. Like go, going between the two tables and you got two different bosses going on. You can do the same thing with dates. Just book the tickets on the other side of the stadium. So switch your jersey. Like have a white one on and then a red one on. You just yeah. switch them out. Switch hats. You do it. Yeah, totally, totally do that. And Truist Park is phenomenal. The setup, uh, I think the pricing is good. It's just the the parking outside. I They got to do something about that. I don't... I mean, I don't think they can do because do anything because it's private parking. But like, uh, I feel like what they've done with even State Farm, I think they've done a pretty good job of keeping the prices. You know, Arthur Blank has done an amazing job with the pricing at, at Mercedes Benz Stadium because you want families that are living paycheck to paycheck to be able to go out and enjoy these things. I mean, that's your fan base. Those those are the kids that are you know, if you've got a a family uh, of four and both the parents work nine to fives and they're doing whatever they can, not only to pay the bills, put food on the table, but occasionally have a vacation. But most importantly, out of all that stuff is you're saving for your, your kid's college fund. You don't have much left over, but you want to take your kids to a ball game because that's part of growing up, especially if you're fortunate enough to live in a city like Atlanta, where you have access to, uh, all these great sports teams, you know, you got the Falcons and you got the Braves, you've got the United um, and, uh, uh, and you got the Hawks, you know, I mean, like if you're a kid in Atlanta, that's great. I know growing up in, in Baltimore, 
We go to Orioles games all the time. Uh, but I no, my mother never took me. My stepdad never took me. Didn't have a dad to take me. I'd go with my buddy Chris Buckley's family. And we'd have cheap seats, you know, out in the bleachers. Like, they were legit bleachers. And we would take an igloo cooler, and you were allowed to bring your own stuff in there. So we didn't have to pay for anything. And we'd have soda pops, and we'd have... I remember we always had those... The crackers with the cheese and the little plastic stick. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a little little mini thing to make you little cheese sandwiches, cheese cracker sandwiches. Yeah, the little the red pla- little red plastic. Oh uh, yeah, like the um, <laughs> yeah. almost like the squirty cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you would have to you have to pull it out with the little little red thing. <laughs> we, yeah, for, that's it's all like we they ate. took some craft singles and melted them into the little container. <laughs> yeah, but that's all we it's ate. Good. That's all we ate. That's all we had when we go. Well, and, and then like uh, there would be a, a ball of aluminum foil with chicken wings in it. And then she would just, uh, the mom would just open up the chicken wings and we'd all have chicken wings. So we never went to the concession stand, right? Uh, it, was, yeah. it was great. They, they couldn't afford it, but they, they, were, they, they got the tickets and tickets were probably pff, a couple bucks a piece if, if they didn't even get them for free. You know, so it was it was great. I mean, that that's the good stuff. You know, unfortunately, I'll never have that opportunity unless I do a big brother, big sister, something, and adopt a kid. But that's the good stuff. I love seeing the dads with the kids. There was a dad in front of me, and he had two boys with him. I'm guessing one of them was his, uh, and the other one was his buddy. And one of them was a Braves fan, and one of them was a Giants fan. But yet they were cheering on together, and they were hooting and hollering. And another thing that they did, I know this sounds so stupid for people that go all the time and watch baseball all the time, and I sound so silly. Just bear with me. I was very excited about this experience. Um, so uh, another thing that I, don't, I didn't remember about baseball games in general is that they, they give out a lot of baseballs now. So when the players, and we were on the Giants' side, when they were coming in from from playing, from being in the outfield and whatnot, coming in off the field to, go, to, to hit, they would have the ball, right? And they would throw the ball over the net to the fans. Like, they must have given away, at least on our side, like 12 balls throughout the game, which I thought was so cool because usually it's, if you want a baseball from, from the game, you got to be in outfield, or you got to you get catch a foul ball, right? Or catch a home run. But these guys were throwing balls out, which I thought was cool. Kind of like what Cam Newton started some years back where every time he scored a touchdown, he was giving the football to a, a kid. I thought that was yeah, yeah. I thought that was so cool cuz usually they don't do that. Most of the time the football players are keeping the Emmett Smith used to keep all of his footballs and either auction them off for charity uh, so the trophy ones, obviously, you're going to keep, you know, for milestones and stuff like that. But I guarantee a lot of these guys are keeping the footballs to sell one day or of sell immediately uh, because they're going to make money off of it. So I, I always thought that's cool. The kids that have a little um, the, the, the kid behind us with the mom with the laptop, he dropped he, he got a ball and he dropped the ball and it, it came under our seats and I picked it up. And this kid, it, the look on his face, he was terrified. He didn't think I was going to give it back to him. And, and his mom is like says out loud. She goes, "Oh, honey, I'm sure he's gonna. I'm sure he's gonna give it back to you." I'm like, "Of course, I'm gonna give the ball back to your kid. Like, who would do that? Who would take? Who your kid dropped the baseball? What adult would take the baseball and not give it back to the kid? Like, what a dick move! As soon as you leave Truist Park." Lightning will strike you down. <laughs> that is the worst <laughs> karma ever. 
Uh, I was like, yes, of course I'm going to give your kid back the thing. All right. So that was my Braves experience. It was good. I'm going again. So I know it. To you guys, Brandon, especially you, you're like, oh, man, you don't know. <laughs> I will. I will say I found out that driving is better than um, Ubering just because, first of all, I, I think you guys might have just parked in an expensive lot because you can get lots for like 20 bucks. And I think street parking is like seven bucks or something like that. Oh. Um, but I, I found in the long run, it's actually easier to drive because um, Ubering is great because you get there, you don't have to park, drop your ride off. But when you leave, if you leave a, a Braves game or a concert, there's only one spot that they're supposed to pick you up in an Uber, and there's a line down the street, and it takes so long to get oh, yeah. the, 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 the Ubers through that traffic and then the line and stuff. So I think in the long run, you're you're going to be saving more time and maybe money just driving driving yourself. Do you have a favorite Braves player, Brennan? Uh, I like Acuna, you know, him and all or Albies or Swanson, you know, I mean, they're all pretty good. Yeah. I like that. Kind of a top three, like that Swanson guy. He's pretty cool. But my favorite, cause you kind of like want to pick a favorite and really, really, really root for him. You know, there was a guy that I think played his first major league baseball game last night. Cause all of his statistics were zero. I think he was playing second base. His name was Phil. I don't know. His, his name was who? Phil. Just Phil. I don't know his last name, but we, we were calling him Phil cause his name is Phil. And he's like kind of a nerdy little guy, you know, and he gets up and I'm looking at his statistics and they've got so many numbers like on all the different, they've got all these different boards and all these different, there's a lot going on. It looks like wall street, you know, it's like, all these, like what was that? What's that? And he had not had, he had nothing. He had zeros, zero average, zero at bat, zero in base percentage, zero home runs, zero RBIs, zero everything. So I guess this was his first game for whatever reason, you know, I'm, I'm not following. So I don't know the whole story. But you wanted to root for Phil, right? You wanted Phil to fucking crush. So uh, so Phil gets up the first time and looks terrified. And he strikes out. It was a bad strikeout. Really, really bad. And I was hoping and praying that in the ninth inning, when it came down to, you know, your ball's hitting the floor when we won, I was hoping Phil was going to do that. But he did not. But I was hoping Phil was going to do it. It was pretty cool. But he didn't. I was excited. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted, I wanted Phil to be a winner. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure his name was Phil. Phil, right? You looking it up, Phil? Yeah, is Sharon uh, Arcia? No. Is a little Wait, is his, la- his last name McCrotch? <laughs> Phil McCrotch. Oh, Phil Goslin. Yeah, yeah. He was the one that. Yeah, uh, Phil, he, Phil Goslin. Yeah, he pinched Rand for, uh, I think it was Duvall, the, the game before he went to, and they won that one. He scored the, the winning run. Well, he was playing. He was, I think he was second base. So he was, he was playing. He played the whole game. Phil. Yeah, he's in for Albies. Albies broke his foot coming out of the dugout. Oh, there you go. Well, yeah, Phil's the man. <laughs> I was rooting for Phil. Like, yeah, you go, Phil. You haven't done shit yet. This is when it all starts. I'm going to be here. I'm going to say I was at the first game. Phil crushed. And he became an all-star. Phil's the man. That's all I know about Phil. I don't know anything else. I don't know where he's from. I don't know what he does. I don't know how good he is. I just know his name's Phil. It was funny. In Jersey. Yeah, just, just calling him Phil. All right, Brandon, let's do your one question. See what that's all about. <laughs> One question with Brandon. Let's go, Brandon! Let's go, Brandon! All right. 
the heat keeps coming, the rain keeps falling, and the grass keeps growing. You're going to need to get that taken care of. Give old Sparky's Lawn Service a call. Take care of all your mowing, trimming, edging, get them bushes looking nice. Get that nice line between your driveway and your yard so you can scrape some dirt over in there. Uh, give Sparky's Lawn Service a call. Old uh, Andrew Sparks at uh, 706-897-2199, or you can text them, or you can hit them up on the Gmail at sparkyslawn at gmail.com. On the Gmail. All right. What's your one, have a good Gmail. What's your oh. one question? All right. So if time was frozen for 10 minutes, but you were able to walk freely, what would you do? <sighs> good one. If fro- like at any time or no, in just like current if, day. Yeah. Like if time just froze right now for 10 minutes, what would you do? Could you do something or just walk around and look at it? Oh, you could do something. Well, 16-year-old me would go into the girls' locker room. Yeah. 26-year-old me would do the same thing. Yeah. Hey, 38-year-old me might do the same thing. Not into a 16-year-old's locker room, but you know. Uh, These are tricky when you ask questions like that because you could give a serious answer like, I'd want to be in the airport when the terrorists were boarding the plane to 9-11 and say, hey, guys, you ain't getting on the plane. This shit ain't happening. I know what you're about to do. You know, and be a, like a way cool hero, right? That would be cool. Well, we're not, we're not going back yeah. in time. We're in yeah, cursed time. Just now. froze. Oh, uh, it's like your everyday life currently. What would yeah. you do? Oh, uh, well, that's not fun. I don't have anything really that I want to do. Like I thought you meant like go back and uh, JFK is coming around the corner and you run up to the book to the depository and you stop them. You know that kind of stuff. No. Yeah, because he already did that, like the uh, time travel thing. Like, where would you go back to? So this is just like in our own lives. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. I mean, if I'm going to do something funny, I probably just go around and give everybody I don't like wedgies and just not say anything. Um, so everybody's but, frozen, right? Everybody's frozen. Yeah. Uh-huh. Everything's froze. And you can do whatever you want at that time. But this is present yep. day. Yep. For 10 minutes. Not necessarily something that you do, but something you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What were you saying, Nate? What are you doing? I was just saying, like, I'd, I'd probably, like, fuck with my enemies. I'd just, like, give them wedgies and pull their underwear over their heads and just leave. So then when the time comes back, they're like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, I'd probably do the same thing. I was kind of thinking those same lines. Like, there's certain people that need a receipt in their lives, and if they're frozen, you know, just do some Sharpie on their face and shove a corn cob up their asshole and you know kind of weird yeah. shit you know like what the fuck happened <laughs> something like that um yeah because it's all about the prank i mean you're not necessarily doing something to change the world are you well you could i guess i mean if you wanted to be shitty about it you could go like rob a bank or something or take all the money out of somebody's register Oh, um, or, or steal a password or a secret from someone. Yeah. So how could you win like the lottery or go to a casino and for 10 minutes rearrange the cards? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That, now that's, we're thinking that's, that's what I would do. I would go up to Harris going up there in a couple of weeks. Everything freezes. I'd go through, but you could only go through two decks. Yeah, that's why you just rob the casino. Fuck the playing the card. Why are you still playing <laughs> cards when you can rob them? 
Do you know what the feeling is when you get a royal flush? I mean, there's not a better feeling. I got to tell you, it's pretty damn cool. I go to a poker game where everybody was really bad, and then I would switch him out with the good guy. <laughs> yeah, because but are they? They're not going to catch you because everybody's frozen. So you got the money. Yeah, because I'm yeah. assuming the the cameras are frozen also, so they don't see what you're doing. Oh, now we're getting technical. Yeah, well, the yeah, time is frozen. Time is frozen. Uh, okay, I would. I don't want to steal the money. I want to win the money. Uh, well, then you go to the lottery people and you just replace all the balls with uh, like the same number or something. Like just put all ones and then you just get a lottery ticket for all ones. Okay, so I would somehow do that. I don't know where they keep their balls, but I would somehow do that. And within that 10 minute period of time, go to the casino and rearrange the cards. Now I'm only going to have two hands in me because they only have two decks, right? For Mississippi stud and they reshuffle them actually only one hand. So I couldn't go to Harris cause their men's aren't big enough. I'd have to go to the hard rock. So I'd have to win the Florida lottery. This is very, getting very complicated. Um, and I think their balls are in Tallahassee and the hard rocks in, eh, it's not going to work out. So, with that being said, I'd go to Vegas, high stakes, where the men's are $1,000, right? I could, yeah, but I could make so much more with the lotteries. Just find the balls, Bailey. Just go with the balls. Yeah, yeah I'd, go with the, I'd go with the balls, win the gazillion dollars, and then I'd still continue to try my luck at Mississippi Stud with playing by the rules. Yeah. <laughs> or, or do you do something, like, good for humanity, like you go to some place where they have a bunch of animals in captivity and you release them or, you know, it's the, they're testing makeups on them and you, you open all the doors in the, the laboratory. Oh, now you're, getting, now, you're, now you're making us look bad. Um, yeah. Well, really what I do, I'd probably go to the, the carnival and I'd replace all the ping pong balls with smaller ping pong balls. So everybody's winning goldfish every fucking time. Boom, <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> you, you would stretch out the basketball rims so people could actually make the shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You would put sticky on the end of the softball so they stay in the fucking baskets. <laughs> yeah. You would sharpen the dull darts so they actually pop the balloons instead of bouncing off of them. <laughs> yeah. Everybody gets a cocaine mirror. <laughs> Who doesn't want a Leonard Skinner cocaine mirror with the stars and bars on it? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, what about you, Brandon? What are you stopping? What are you freezing? I don't know. I think I might. Uh, I would like to go walk around the CDC, see what they got in there, or uh, or go swim in the aquarium. Yeah, swim in the aquarium would be pretty cool. I mean, you could not worry about getting eaten or anything by sharks. Okay, so the sharks are frozen as well. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. You know what suck is your ten minutes is up and you're not out yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like a minute off. There, there is. A, I was reading a story the other day of a, a, a they called a free diver uh, up by Massachusetts. So right now on the east coast of the United States, there's all these great white sharks that are migrating, whatever, swimming south. And uh, they've tagged a lot of them. And there's one that's out there called Large Marge. Large Marge is a great white shark that's 17 feet long and like three or 4,000 pounds. One of the two. Fucking big shark, right? Just imagine that. And this free diver was out in fairly murky water. He said that he only had about 25 feet of visibility. And the next thing he sees coming through the murky water is this nose, large nose. And then it starts to shape up to look like a shark. So the, as the water kind of 
subsides, the, the murkiness subsides, and the shark comes out of it. This 17-foot great white shark just swims right by him. Holy Damn. Yeah. You had pictures of it too, you know? So it was, it was, it was like, oh, you see all these stories now with these sharks. It's like jaws in real life. Uh, there is a picture that somebody took of, uh, uh, was it, well, maybe it was a whale, something under, like right underneath their boat. And yeah, it was a whale. And the whale was twice the size of their boat. So all the whale had to do was come to surface and the boat would have flipped over. Oh, yeah. But you can't start the boat and move. Because then the engine's going to hit the whale, and the whale's going to be pissed. And the whale's going to get you with the tail, you know? Like, holy shit. That's crazy. Anyway, all right. Uh, good question. CDC for you. You're going to walk around, get diseases, or swim with the aquariums. I like it. Podcastthebs.com. Uh, please tell a friend. Subscribe if you want the commercial-free episodes. If not, we got your shows Monday through Friday uh, with some of our fine sponsors. Please use them. They are good people. They trust us that we're going to get their message to you and you're going to find a way to use at least one of them. Please tell them if you do use them, that you heard about them here with us. And if you are a potential sponsor, you can reach out to us on the website, right? There is a form you could fill out podcastthebs.com, And we'd love to have you on board, especially with some things that we've got coming up, uh, where you sponsors will have, uh, some extra, special benefits too. That'd be podcast and pours too, by the way, details on that. It's going to be huge. I don't want to hint at anything because I want to just make sure everything is locked down in stone before, uh, got the newsletter, sign up for that. That's free of charge. All of our social media, uh, please, uh, the YouTube, the Twitch, the Instagram, the, the Twitter. I know a lot of you haven't done it. Please do it. You know, and don't unsubscribe from my fucking newsletter. Like just delete it but it hurts my feelings i see the names of people unsubscribing and it upsets me it hurts my feelings it really does i want to like reach out to him be like what the fuck i spent a lot of time on that newsletter very proud of that newsletter uh and then there's the merch store and where if you're seeing this video see i got the cool shirt on all right anyway uh nate what you got always give your balls to children always give your balls all the baseballs to children of course yes brandon You can judge your wins with a anomometer. All right, look, uh, as always, thanks for listening. Have yourself a great day, Richard. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. Now, get out of here.